He thought he was in control. How wrong he was. Stefan. Cut my life into pieces. <laughs> and you're tuning into the the Dark Side Drive-In, which is our uh, new metal pot. No, it's our horror theme podcast where we cover movies from the uh, 80s, sometimes 90s, and maybe sometime soon the 70s. We don't know. You'll Who knows? Today. We'll find out. Um, oh, also, maybe I should have waited until we talked more about what the movie was before I did my Papa Roach bit. No, I think you should just keep just uh, just I, we might not even say what the movie is. You, you should just keep doing Papa Roach. Like, if you can, you do another Papa Roach song. This will, this is gonna be this will be good. Uh, no, I cannot. You can't. You can't think of any other Papa Roach song. No, I can't. I can hear your dog. I can too. <laughs> um, but no, I I uh, I cannot think of another Papa Roach song. I'm one of those like that's why like you know like uh, whenever like dudes will come up to like like women with like a band shirt and be like do you even know three uh, three songs by that band that's why i never wear a papa roach shirt because i only know the one how many papa roach shirts do you own that's zero that's why oh, i don't just be, okay that's why i don't buy them i don't want a bunch of guys coming yeah. up to me and be like how do you feel about uh this song and they'll name a song and i'll be like it's great and they'll be like that's not even a papa roach song that was uh you know uh, I am the walrus. That's not even the same band. It's like, Oh no, I should have known that's a famous band. <laughs> uh, well, if, uh, if fans of new metal haven't guessed it, our movie today is the nest, not they nest, not they nest. And there was another nest, uh, that came out in what? 2020. It was like a, like a reprise or that nest is different. That looks like it's some okay. kind of fancy. St- that looks like that's like a movie that looks like a book, so I don't know that one very well. It's like a bird watching movie. <laughs> no, it just seems like it's like serious. Like we're not here for that. We're here for the killer roaches. We're not here for that. We're here, we're here for the killer roaches. Um, yeah. So we're we're talking about the and I. This is my fault. I said 1987 online. Stefan, help me out here. It is 1988. It was produced in 1987, and that is yeah. the production date. But the release date is 1988, and as we yeah. know, the release date is the date that we count here it's what everyone counts so you know Mm. but uh yeah i think uh some quick housekeeping we have another project that we're finalizing that you should all hear about soon no other news from the other shows uh agb uh, angry green balloon who's on twitch he's still kind of rocking and going strong um i'm trying to think uh we are friends of the show Rebel Revolver, they are helping us with uh, a new theme song, which we're pretty stoked about. So more more to come on that. Yeah, I think that's all we have. Oh, uh, you should see by the time you hear this episode, you should see another review written by the man, the myth, the legend, Stefan himself uh, about Godzilla plus one. Uh, this is embarrassing, but it's actually Godzilla minus one. I uh, just checking, make sure you're listening. Um <laughs> Yeah, so um, you should uh, you should see that on our website, and I will blast out the review on our socials. So follow us on Instagram, Twitter, 
or X, whatever the fuck it's called now. Uh, Facebook, <laughs> Facebook's my new favorite. So go to Facebook. Instagram's a dumpster fire. We have a lot of, honestly, like the other thing is, um, thank you for everyone supporting us. We picked up a lot of fans over Christmas, which is kind of crazy because I thought Halloween would have been our time of the season, but apparently it's, uh, it's Christmas. But, um, so thank you, um, to everyone for the kind words, the listens, the reviews, the likes, um, if you think that any of your friends would like this, go ahead and share it. Um, but yeah, I think that's the only thing I have the shameless self plug. Well, it's, um, you know, that it's during the holiday season. You have all that, like this atmosphere of like holiday cheer and like togetherness. And it's like, I need to combat these good feelings with some dark feelings. So let's do some, some horror murder. stuff. Let's have, day. let's have some garbage day up in here. <laughs> but God, also, that movie is so good. I yeah sorry I'm not, I don't want to step on whatever you're just doing but I was just looking up that the like whenever you called me out for not paying attention to you you were almost right I actually was listening at the end but like the nest there's a, <laughs> there's a nest in 2020 and a the nest in 2021 there were two the nests within a year and the one that looked like a book is this the psychological thriller that came out in 2020 but the one in 2021 looks like it also involves bugs so. Uh, oh, no. I'm going to have to see if I can find that and put it in the instant queue or whatever the version is in any given streaming service. Queue it up. Well, um, I guess anyone that hates bugs, I we probably should have warned you last time, but I, I thought from the photo I posted online and the title, you would have <laughs> understood that you probably shouldn't watch this movie if you have bug issues. Bugs are involved. Um, and also uh, animals die like... I feel like yeah, there's way too many times where dogs animals. die. Yeah, but this time, like, even, like, a cat dies. It's like, That's, oh, like, man. our running theme. Yeah, I was thinking about it, like, you know, I was thinking about throwing up something on, like, on social media. Just be, hey, you know, um, if you're sensitive to animals getting, like, you know, pets getting killed, maybe you don't want to watch this. But I'm like, I hope we don't have followers that are insensitive to pets being killed because I don't really want them listening. If you love it when uh, beloved animals are murdered, please stop listening. <laughs> Well, I think Beloved's a tough, you know, maybe <laughs> pets. We'll just say pets. <laughs> pets are killed. That's what I said. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, so <laughs> I have a ton of opinions about this. I know you do. We are, again, my fault procrastinating. This is on me. But uh, We're filming the night before release. Is that what you're about to get at? <laughs> the night before release. You absolute uh, psychopath. Because I am an absolute psychopath. Um yeah, I, I kind of I'm excited to get into this one. Um, I'm, I'm not to get ahead of ourselves. I'm so excited for our next movie, <laughs> and I can't wait to talk about it. Uh, but so I think um, a movie you just found out existed like a calendar. No, hour you've ago. talked about it though. So here's the thing: though. I have talked I, to you I, about this movie before. Yeah, I've never seen it, but you had, you have talked about it for a solid. How long have I known for a long time? So. Yeah, it's it's good stuff. Um, I'm trying to think. So, oh, so uh, if anyone has um, submissions, they're like, hey, like you should check out this movie. We had a couple people suggest some stuff that I want to rotate in. Probably going to try to get to those. Uh, we have the next like couple kind of planned out that we're, we're talking about. But if you have any good suggestions, let us know. Because um, like just to inside baseball, like before we, we record, we kind of like, okay, what are we going to do next? we go through the gamut of what's on our watch list and all this stuff. 
So it helps us if you could throw in some suggestions because, you know, add it into the rotation. So it helps us out because sometimes we pick stuff we like and we kind of go on tracks and you'll, you'll have, you'll see the pattern, right? <laughs> so yeah, it helps be, us. It'll that, be become yeah. clear what we're doing. Yeah. Right. Or, or we just get together and get drunk and watch weird movies. And then whatever auto plays next is what we watch. And then we're like, Hey, maybe we should do this one. And halfway through the movie, it gets a little weird and we have to not do that one. So looking at you, uh, brain damage, brain damage. Yeah. yeah. Brain damage. Dude. I don't think we can do that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. I could rewatch it maybe with clearer eyes. I could have a different opinion, but I doubt it. That movie was I, I'm going to say this. I'll just say this for how drunk we were and for us while we were drunk to say, ah, I don't think it's a good one. It must be pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> It must be pretty bad. So, um, uh, there are a couple really wild scenes in that movie though, that I absolutely, I, I was so taken aback by like, I don't even want to spoil it. I, are we ever going to do it? Uh, I mean, I would, it's not high on my list, but every once, once in a while it does cross like my queue again or like my suggestions. I'm like, it would be an interesting conversation for sure, but there's also a lot of baggage attached to it because of what yeah. happens. In it. So like, I guess like we already kind of opened the can. So like there's a parasite that can infect you. It's like an Egyptian parasite, but literally the parasite in the movie talks to people. It, <laughs> so, it, like, yeah, it comes out and it's like, it is very alarming. It's very there's alarming. no, yeah, because like, the first time it happens, because the the the, I, I like the theme of like I don't want to say the theme like the, uh, I don't know like just like kind of the whole atmosphere of the movie up up until when it talks to you is like super serious, and then this just parasite comes out and starts talking. <laughs> it's it kind of ruins it kind of ruins the whole thing, and then it does some other stuff that is questionable. It's jarring, um, and then it just continues to jar. Yeah, it jars so. you, and then it just gets you with more jars. Yeah, but speaking of jars, because um, kids like to put stuff in jars, like bugs. So what what are we getting into? Like, let's do the cast and crew. I I'm excited to hear your take on some of these people. Oh, oh, contraire, mon frere. I do believe oh. we have to play your game, and we have to oh, find out if the listeners were right or if I was right God. about what the. What I'm not the even gonna was. edit out my faux pas. You better I not. Might even have to do an apology. <laughs> I even have a new one picked out and everything. It's right in front of me. <laughs> you got yeah, you got ahead of yourself there. So you, right. you pulled a me, ignoring my McMurder of the movie. <laughs> I pulled a me. Okay, so <laughs> everyone's favorite segment: why they're here. Um, <laughs> they turn it off after we do the question. Yeah. So last time we uh, did trivia, and the question was. In which 1973 movie does Donald Sutherland pursue a mysterious figure in a red coat? And what was your answer? Uh, don't look now. And it and was you are correct. correct. Hell yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. And you were so sure about and I, I like, and we even went into some other stuff about like the that um, movie. I know that yeah. movie. Yeah, I had a story about it. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's a it's a good one. Um, I I think uh, I I will we ever cover that movie? It's a good movie. Uh, I don't really think it's kind of the our m- thing. Yeah, it's yeah. a little bit more serious. It's not to say that we can't dive into more serious stuff, but I kind of want to keep our stuff a little more right. uh, light that's fair. than that. That yeah, movie's like fair. about a, like a fa- like a a couple whose marriage is broken by the untimely death of their daughter, and like the grief they go through as he believes he's seeing his right. daughter. Like it's a little bit heavy. Yeah, it's. Not- <laughs> 
It's not as fun as like, you know, uh, hey, here's a here's a lady who's like the queen of the werewolves or something. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Here's a lady who has sex with all his hair glued all over. So every time, um, every time, every time we bring dude. it up, you have to go back to that. <laughs> it's terrible. And they never should have made that. Nope. Anyways. Uh, okay. So oh, that's such an unfair one. So the next game, uh, we had three, right? So we do trivia. We do name that movie and we do describe it. I'm skipping order and going to describe it. So last time we did describe it, it was the paranormal activity question. And I was giving out clues based on like what I thought about the movie that I couldn't say the forbidden words. Oh yeah. It was movie think, taboo. Movie taboo. Yeah. So I think it's actually funnier to use the forbidden words. And those are the only clues you get because there's so, some of them are so vague. Um, and I went through all the cards and I'm looking at them and like, uh, they will be like directors and stuff, but most of them, most of the time that it shows a director, it's either like Romero, Rami, uh, or Rami, sorry. Um, uh, who's the other carpenter? Like those are the only three directors. So like one of the ones and we'll never do this one. It literally, it goes, it says the, it's the fog. And the first clue is you can't, the word you can't say is fog. And I'm like, okay, well that obviously, but I think it'd be funnier if we just did, cause there's only three forbidden words. And I'm telling you, I think it's going to be harder to get these based off the forbidden words because they're almost all the same. So, um, okay. So this is going to be fun, I think. So here, here it is. All right. So we're doing uh, spooky taboo. Um, okay. So here's your first. And now here's the other thing, Stefan. <laughs> I'm going to do the first hint and I want you to just like get, a, just say a movie that you're thinking of and, we'll, and then we'll add another hint and then you can change your answer. Right. Okay. All right. Just making this thing more and more complicated as we go, as I see. Yeah. <laughs> oh, trust me. It'll, it'll work. Trust me. Trust me. All okay. right. Go for so, it. All right. So first clue. <laughs> Paranormal. <laughs> what? Uh, uh, all right. Uh, Ghostbusters. Okay. All right. Se- second clue, ghost. Uh, I still feel like Ghostbusters yeah, you can, works. You can, you can do I have to do change it? it? Do I have to change it? So I guess I'll say Poltergeist. You don't, you don't have no. You don't have to change. No, I'm gonna change it. Let's say stay, Poltergeist. Let's see if, if you I, want to stay with Ghostbusters. I, I just want you know this is a horror game. So. Ghostbusters is scary, dude. Uh, I'm the key master. All right. Uh, okay. So. Okay, so the second, the second clue was ghost. No, the second, or yeah, the second clue is ghost. Okay, paranormal okay, ghost. So, All right, go on. So the third and final clue is haunted. <sighs> and which, that's all dude, I have to go off of? Which is so funny. Yeah, and then maybe I'll do a fourth clue that will bring it all in to to perspective because i want you to i want you to succeed but because i'm I'm thinking like poltergeist amityville horror like i'm thinking like haunting of hill house um i don't know what era it is like could be hell house so that's the clue i'm going to give you is the timeline okay that's fair right fair enough i mean as fair as it gets i guess okay (laughs) dude the Ghostbusters hit every single one of these categories. And I think that's so funny. Uh, okay. Uh, do you want like a decade? How do you want to do that? Uh, I don't know. I feel like that 
because of how vague this is, can I at least get a year? Would you be willing to go to the year? Ooh, I think if I do the year, you'll get it. Is it too much? All right, I guess do the decade, but well, like, there's well, okay. any well, number well, of movies in a This will be the guinea pig. This will be the guinea pig. Okay. All right, let's see how this works. This is a 2010 to 2015 movie. Okay. Wait. And the clues were... What? Good. It's... That... It, those were that's the five year window is between 2010 and 2015. Okay, and if it gets too hard, I'll go. I'll give you the year. So, um, I'll tell you what. It's 2013. That's the movie. That's that's the that's the year of the movie is 2013. So, the the clues were paranormal, ghost, haunted, and the year the movie was released was 2013. All right. So no googling. My phone isn't even by me. Oh, wait, it is by me. But 2013. I'm going to probably go with. All right. That was when those ones were getting big. The James Wan stuff and the the Warren family ones were just starting to come out. Mm, pretty much between Annabelle, Insidious, or The Conjuring. I think. I think I'm going to go with the conjuring. That's what I'm going to say. Okay. So yeah, so, lock it in, lock it in the conjuring. So we'll post it on Facebook and you all can listen along and try to make some guesses. And next time we'll let you know if you're correct. So thank you for remembering. Um, I can't believe I forgot, but Hey, what are you going to do? Um, <laughs> I, I blame the uh, uncle nearest whiskey that I've been drinking. So shout um, out, shout out to Shane's whiskey. Free sponsor, free sponsorship. Um, yeah. So, all right. So well, now that we got the stay, game, yeah. Stay good. tuned uh, next time, or stay peeled stay next peeled. time to see if uh, I was right or not. And also, um, the uh, we'll put it on the Facebook group, right, and let people do their guesses. Although that's going to be like major honor system. Like y'all better not just be googling that year and like the word ghost, like 2013 ghost movie. <laughs> it's like. Although yeah, any just, given year, that's the problem. Like any given year, there's that, so many that's a thing. ghost movies that's a thing. that come out. I that's just went for the heaviest hitters I could remember from like the yeah. the 2010s, the mid 2010s era, the whatever you call that, the 2000 teens, tweens. So hey, so final piece of housekeeping: the shirt stuff is coming. I promise. I swear to God. <laughs> I know some of you have messaged me like, "Get me a shirt, asshole." You don't like, have I to, will. You I know, will. you don't have to bring it up every time and remind everyone. Well, I feel bad done. because like a couple of our friends, like actual friends in real life, have messaged me like, "Hey, I want a shirt." Um, I think one shirt I'm gonna design, and you can steal this, whatever, or or design it for me and send it to me. Thank God, please. Um, is stay peeled, and we'll just have like a peeled like skeleton or a human <laughs> put our logo over it. I think it'd be <laughs> kind of funny. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you like that? A peeled skeleton or human? You mean there's like yeah. the flesh is rendered? Yeah, like, right. That's funny, right? <laughs> but like, do one of those things where it's like the frog, where it's like pinned, and there's like little lines going through it. Yeah, I'm fucking unhinged, guys. Like, here's the other thing about that you need to know. I dial it back a lot when I'm doing this show, and like, I I did the Christmas episode, and I was putting in all the music. I made all those weird noises and shit. Like, not me personally. I found clips and you know, free shit. And I, uh, I spliced it over the Christmas music and I called <laughs> Steph and I'm like, Hey, I, I need you to like, keep me in check here. Are we, are we in good? You know? So, and I absolutely uh, will not. 
I will not yeah. stop you from the crazy so, stuff. <laughs> yeah, so uh, maybe stay peeled for that shirt because I, if if we make it, I'm I'm literally I might give those away. So you do know a, a peeled skeleton and a peeled human are basically the same thing. Once it's so peeled, okay, it's hold on, hold skeleton. on. So a skeleton shows the bone. I'm thinking like peeled flesh. You just see the muscles and stuff. Oh, you want to see the sinew? <laughs> yeah, sinew, sinew. Yeah. yeah, you're a gross person, dude. <laughs> I'm a rude dude with tons of tunes, so let's, let's anyway, get this move. Anyway, yeah. speaking of a New England town that gets taken over by uh, carnivorous, unkillable roaches. All right. It yeah. is, yeah, man. It. Uh, I looked it up because it wasn't filmed in New England, and uh, but it is meant right. to be. It is meant to be. Like, it's filmed uh, in California, right? Yeah, I mean, it always yeah, is. For yeah, for sure. I think it was Blizzards. filmed partially, partially somewhere else, probably some of the exterior stuff, because there's not a lot of coastlines that look like new england coastlines in california at least i assume not but then again california is huge so i'm sure they have it is all sorts of biomes but but i don't know how their lighthouse game is either uh that i don't know yeah i don't know how their lighthouses are going i mean i assume they needed them (laughs) so you know it wasn't like they were discovered like in like 1970 but yeah i maybe they don't have as many lighthouses on random islands you know because as we all know uh our f- friends know, and and now our friends via this show will know that it's my longtime dream uh, to live in a uh, uh, like a New England fishing village. Maybe I'll be in a lighthouse. Maybe I'll be on a fishing boat. Either way, that's the dream, baby. <laughs> Just take me to a s- battle in tech. Sleep. Yeah, battle in tech. Battle like yeah. That's the thing is like all these movies. It's like always one thing or another. And I love that it's like a proud tradition that's continued because even like, what was that show that came out um, on Netflix a couple years back? Uh, Midnight mass. It's like, well, we're going to deal with roaches. I'm going to deal with vampires. <laughs> no matter what happens, these like sleepy seaside fishing villages, things never go well for them, but man, to be there, to be there when be it there. happens, <laughs> to live, to breathe. <laughs> like I'll spend all my days just like, you know, Going out on the boat, if that's my job, catching fish all day or crabbing or whatever people do. I don't like seafood, so that's not part of the fantasy. <laughs> and then coming back, going to the local like diner for dinner or like the local tavern for a, for a drink with my fellow sea dogs. Until one day the supernatural finally comes. It can even be like the fog, you know, it can be spooky, spooky ghosts from the ocean. I don't care what it is, but I'll be there and I'll be ready for all these years of experience. <laughs> watching these movies every sort of horror that i can imagine i'll be prepared for it uh what were we doing again oh yeah we're gonna talk about the movie yeah you'll never escape the prowler though well yeah okay fair enough (laughs) like he'll get me well no but here's the thing uh i'm not his target victim type so that actually Mm -hmm. i hope Mm -hmm. it's not a prowler i hope it's something cool like murderous roaches or spooky fog ghosts or Humanoids from the deep. Nuclear nuclear, uh, facility, animal-like mutation. Some kind of Slithis, maybe. And I don't think Slithis takes place on a... (laughs) I don't think Slithis takes place on a seaside (laughs) town, but I I can't remember. It's been a minute. Um, Anyhow, back to The Nest, the movie we're here to talk about. Um, The director is Terrence H. Winkless. And he has an interesting career because... Uh, he's got, he's a, a quadruple threat as it were. Um, well, I guess just triple threat. He's a director, he's an actor and he's a writer. 
Um, so I'll include a few of his credits of each. Uh, as a director, he did Blood Fist, Not of This Earth, Lady Killer, uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the original series. He did 38 episodes of that, which I'd like to know more about that because a lot of those episodes are just repurposed footage of that, like, what is it? The some kind of like is it super sentai something like that like it was like some kind of specific like japanese show that they repurposed correct um so he it's he probably if it's called mighty morphin power rangers he did the u.s the angel stuff. grove stuff yeah the yep. yeah uh but he also has credits for mighty morphin power rangers ninja quest uh, uh mighty morphin power rangers zeo uh and beetleborgs although only three three episodes of beetleborgs I then, love Beetleborgs. Hell yeah, we all do. And then uh, three, like three episodes of Masked Rider, which was another uh, one of those productions. Um, and then uh, Nightmare City 2035 is one of his recent credits, which was interesting to see. Um, I think it was one that's called like White Wolves 2 Legend of the Wild. Uh, he was director on that. And I definitely had that on V or I didn't have it on VHS, but somebody I knew like a cousin or something had it on VHS. And we used to watch it all the time. <laughs> So it's like one of those ones that until I read the words, the, the memories were locked away in some kind of cabinet. Um, but like I said, this man's a triple threat. So he's also an actor in such cinematic masterpieces as Lake Placid 2, Mega Snake, Nightmare City 2035, which he also directed, as we just heard. Um, and then for writer, uh, the probably the biggest thing he was listed as a writer on was The Howling, like the original Joe Dante yeah, right. Howling. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, and then there's like Scorpius Gigantis and then a couple of his own things. I think like Lady Killer, Not of this Earth and Nightmare City 2035. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all of those. Um, speaking of writer, we have a couple of writing credits here. Uh, one is Eli Cantor, uh, who is the author of the book that this was based off of, which I didn't look much more into his career. Uh, I just checked if he there are any other like credits on IMDb for like books of his that got turned into movies and there weren't. But here's the thing: if like ever I write a book and it gets turned into a movie and I write another book and it doesn't, got one, you know. So he doesn't got, need, got he, him. He doesn't need to have more. He's got Ladies the one. And gentlemen, we got him. We got him. Uh, is that one of the? Is that something from? Uh, was that when George W. Bush, when Saddam Hussein was captured? Uh, Obama. When we killed him. Is that Obama when he killed Osama bin Laden? I thought it was George W. Bush when Saddam Hussein was captured. I don't know. Should we look? We'll that put up? a pin in that and go to the other writer, which is Robert King, uh, not related to Stephen King, as far as I can tell. Um, also, writer on Blood Fist, which was directed by the director. See, everything fits together. The world makes sense. Uh, fan of the Mall, uh, Eric's Revenge, Cutthroat Island, which is uh, for a time was one of the most like famous uh flops in all of moviedom um i think it's just like a charming little movie i don't think it's so bad but um then uh, vertical limit uh, and then most recently uh the good wife the good fight and evil which are all television programs and he has listed as not just a writer on those but a co-creator of the series um and then also he directed a few episodes of uh, the good wife the good fight and evil so the shows that he created or co-created. I think he co-created them with his wife, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so there you go. Robert King. Still making so we're stuff just gonna, to stay. We're just going to glance over Vertical Limit? or uh, I can't remember if I know what Vertical Limit is. Is that the rock climbing movie? Or- yes, it is the rock climbing movie. It's so good. With, don't, with don't, like Chris don't. O'Donnell is in it. Like- yes. 
Scott Glenn, Chris O'Donnell, Bill Paxton. I hold your tongue. I was gonna glance over it. I didn't know where one you're... of the best, one of the the best rock climbing movies next to Cliffhanger. Yeah, and then what's the third? What's the other one? Uh, Mission Impossible. The intro. Where he's like climbing on the. I was gonna say uh, Ace Ventura when nature calls. That that's actually, <laughs> you know what? That's number one. He's rescuing that raccoon. Ah, uh, cinematic greatness, truly. Oh God! I actually unapologetically like uh, Ace Ventura when nature calls, uh, and I think that it's only uh, aided by the fact that the first Ace Ventura has like that uh, unexpected and in modern times jarring transphobia. <laughs> so it's really nice that we have uh, when nature calls to fall back on. We just get more slapstick sight gags and less like shrubbling and anachronisms. That's funny. So if you if you scroll down under vertical limit, uh, they have a list of rock climbing movies that fucking for what reason I don't know. But it's K two cliffhanger and Everest are the ones that it suggests for you. So oh, I forgot K two. I always mix up K two uh, with K nineteen, the submarine movie. Well, you know what's <laughs> stupid? What's stupid with K two is they made sequels, and it's like okay. If you're going to make a sequel, why would you name the movie K2 to start with? So is, is it K22? It's not. They just put like hyphens and shit after it. It's like The Impossible Descent or The Siren of the Himalayas. It's like, okay. <laughs> Wasn't that because that's the name of the mountain? I, I get it. I understand. <laughs> but like y- you could have like K22, 20, 20 yeah, more. I, at that point, I think that's even funnier, right? Yeah, but I don't think they're going for like a naked gun naming style. I think they're actually they're going for to... like an out cold vibe. You know what I mean? Like the old. <laughs> I love that movie. All right, we're, we are we are spiraling. Yeah, you're gonna have to cut out so much of this. All right, back Never. to what we were doing. I'm not cutting out shit. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I guess we are on the clock. What are you gonna do? Spend your entire day editing this thing? Anywho, if I have to. <laughs> anywho, uh, the music is Rick Conrad, who actually has a few credits. Unlike uh, a couple of these times, we've had some folks that didn't have any others. Uh, Crime Zone, uh, The Terror Within, uh, which is actually an interesting kind of weird post-apocalyptic movie. I've watched it a few times. Uh, Amityville mm-hmm. Horror, The Evil Escapes, um, Watchers 2, The Hit List, Cloned, The Recreator Chronicles. I don't know if that's like one in a series of cloned chronicles or if that's just what that one is called. And I don't have the time to look it up. So next up, special. Well, so okay, did, did you did you bring up his Alfred Hitchcock stuff? Uh, he did score an episode of Alfred Hitchcock Presents. I wasn't going to bring it up because it was only one episode. Yeah, but I I think that that because like that was his first like so like that was his first credit. Yeah, yeah, and that's like like Alfred Hitchcock because when he created his movies, a lot of his horror or his jump scares and stuff were done through like music. Right? Yeah. The stings. So it, yeah. A lot of musical stings. Yeah. So I think it's, you know, to me, it's kind of important that he kind of did some work on that. Cause I think that that kind of shows his chops. Well, I'd be, I'm more than happy to admit that I don't know enough about like the show Alfred Hitchcock presents, like how involved he was, um, how much it, you know, aped his style, like how prestigious it was to be a part of it. I brought it up before for people, and there are actually a handful of people on this list that have um, the cast list for this that have credits on an episode of Alfred Hitchcock Presents. Mm-hmm. I just don't usually bring up if they're just like a one off in an episode. But yeah. I think that with anthology series like that, though, it's a little bit more like prominent to be a one off. So, like, when you say like how much he was involved, you mean Alfred Hitchcock or 
Yeah, Connor. yeah, Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. Well, he. I mean, he was dead before the show came out. What? Yeah. So like, because they're just. I think it's just re. They just kind of redid his movies, right? I don't know. I don't know anything about it. They're remakes. I don't think they're. Um, he wasn't like the host of it or something. I thought that he was like a host. It was like in his later years. N- no. Uh, well, I think you're thinking. So, Alf- okay. So Alfred Hitchcock presents the original was from 55 to 62 where he was the host. So our boy. Um, oh, you're right. That's what I'm mixing worked up. on. Yeah. So in the late eighties, they redid all of his they redid all of his, like, they basically redid the show and, like, remade it. You're absolutely did, like, right. I did not realize that. I always, every time I've brought it up, I thought we were talking about the original, which. No, and, and I think what's that's what's interesting, like, about, like, especially Alfred Hitchcock, because I love Alfred Hitchcock. And I know we don't dip back that far into uh, our history, because um, we're afraid that we won't be able to make it back out. But um, <laughs> he can't go back that far, guys. We have to go uh, back. But, oh, by the way, like, not to derail us even further but what's your favorite alfred hitchcock yeah, alfred hitchcock movie go the birds really dude <laughs> yeah interesting i mean what's your i mean what's yours rear window I, man that's a good one too mm-hmm. you know i i think for me it's the birds and like I, I just that's such a like i don't trust birds so like that to me is like a real thing that could happen um it was great. I just feel like it's aged a little bit hard, more more harshly, like um, some of the green screen stuff, stuff you had to do. Although all those scenes of Tippi Hedren getting tortured by birds were real because he was torturing her with birds, like pelting her with like dead birds and stuff. So like a lot of people would probably say Psycho right off the bat. Oh, interesting. I, I, I like the rear window pool. I'll be honest with you, though. It is a very close, like the close second for me is Vertigo. I love that movie. I love Vertigo. Are you ready for something um, real fast? Okay, good. Never seen it. You ready? No. You ready for something even more? It's on. What? It's on DVD behind me on my shelf right now as we speak. You've these never words. seen Vertigo? No, and it's literally at my fingertips. I can oh, watch it anytime it's I want. So good, dude. <laughs> North by Northwest is good, but I I think Vertigo, um, Vertigo is just. I like yes. I like North by Northwest, but for me it, it always comes down to Rear Window. I think Rear Window is such a fun, interesting take, and so so cool to see like Jimmy Stewart, you know, playing a character like that, like so against his like Frank Capra type, you know. Yeah, that, yeah, that's fair. Um, rear, uh, the man who knew too much was a great one. Also true. Um, man, maybe we should do a block of uh, Hitchcock. I don't know. I think we have to earn that. I don't think we've earned it yet. I don't think we've earned it either. My mom would go crazy. She loves Hitchcock. That's like her. <laughs> you had to cut yeah, out this entire um, conversation then. So as to not like lay the groundwork for something that may not happen. No, I'm not. I'm not going to do it. But anyways, yeah. Thanks for that uh, hot tip though, about uh, Alfred Hitchcock presents. Cause I did not realize there was a second show and that's where probably most of these people were. Well, not the older actors, not the older actors who we talk about, but some of the newer ones probably. I, I, I think this is the first one that you've said that was in the new one. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Because um, most of the movies we're doing come out before 86. So I, it, there's only like, what, like four that we've done that would that possibly could have probably fallen into that category. Ooh, thank you. Linear, five. Thank you, Linear Nature of Time. I appreciate yeah. that. So. Um, 
But how about I get back to they uh, the nest, not they nest. God. I know I know it's gonna say they nest. All right, for the audience, really fast, a quick uh, another aside. <laughs> they nest is like a 1999 or 2000 movie that's basically the same idea. Uh, and for some reason, I watched it when I was a kid, and I keep every time I think of the nest, I say they nest, and it's not what I mean. I don't mean they nest. It wasn't very good, so do not watch it. But it is on Tubi if you want to, and it will start immediately after the nest. If you watch the nest, so guaranteed to have the opportunity. Uh, anyways, special effects. Uh, we got two here. Um, one is Frank Seglia and one is James N. Uh, M. Navarra. Uh, Frank Seglia is listed specifically um, for pyrotechnic effects. Um, but I'm actually going to just read off his special effects credits because he's got some really cool credits. Um, so here we go. Uh, starting off strong with Steven Spielberg's 1941. Gets Critters, detours to King Kong Lives, and then goes to Critters 3. So you have to assume he skipped out on Critters 2 to do King Kong Lives, which is a bummer because, as I've said many times and will say many more, Critters 2 is the best Critters. <laughs> uh, Adventures in Dinosaur City. I don't know what that is, but I love it by the title. Uh, the Lawnmower Man, famous movie. Critters 4. So um, oh, Critters 4? No. The well, Lawnmower Man. <laughs> lawnmower Man. Yeah, I know. I mean, Critters 4 is good. Yeah, but... it's all right. Uh, Menace 2 Society, uh, Night of the Demons 2, Dumb and Dumber, Leprechaun 3, Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers, Hellraiser Bloodline. So a lot of uh, a lot of latter sequels of movies when they start to get to the point where they're bad. Um, Pinocchio's Revenge, Scream, Leprechaun 4 in Space, which I always think is funny because Leprechaun 5 is in the hood. And I always think it's funny that Leprechaun went to space, but... Before he went to the hood. Like, what are you up to, Leprechaun? Like, that's so hard to go to space. <laughs> um, then, uh, what? Sometimes they come back ellipses for more, which is, I think, the third. I think it's sometimes they come back, sometimes they come back again, and then sometimes they come back for more. Um, but uh, lightening up a little bit with Smart House, <laughs> the Disney Channel original movie. Uh, that was actually good. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't, but uh, yeah, and then uh, getting and then getting back into spookiness again with Red Dragon, uh, Resident Evil Extinction, The Collector, Sorority Row, and here's a fun one: uh, forty-one. Uh, no, it's actually fifty-seven episodes of Drunk History. I was going to say forty-one because he was forty-one episodes as a uh, special effects coordinator, and then sixteen episodes as a special effects supervisor. I'm like, how many special effects are needed for Drunk History? <laughs> I'm kind of mad at you right now. Why? Because you missed a couple really good ones. Well, can I finish ones I've written down and then you can chastise me with ones I left? Well, I want to make sure you didn't already say them, but go ahead. Marvel's yeah, sure. uh, Runaways, yeah. uh, Swamp Thing, the most recent TV show, which is super underrated yep. and was canceled before its time. And then the mm -hmm. most recent credit he had is like last year's, uh, was it Rap Shit? Or do you say shit? It's S-H uh, exclamation point T. Um, I don't know. Yeah. And that that's something I'm kind of too afraid to ask at this point, but um You got to be. Could 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 you start your credits start at Lawnmower Man? And then I want you to end at Leprechaun. Which Leprechaun did you bring up? I brought up Leprechaun 3 and Leprechaun 4. Okay, can you go between Lawnmower Man and Leprechaun 3? Uh Critters 4, Menace to Society, uh Night of the Demons 2, Dumb and Dumber, and then Leprechaun 3. Okay. What did I leave off that you wanted to be there? Did you just not fucking watch Surf Ninjas as a kid? 
I have no idea what that is. Get out of here. You don't know what surf ninjas are? No. Or is? Or is? That would be is because we're talking about the movie. Okay. Well, it. have you watched Three Ninjas? Yeah, of course. Okay. Imagine that. But the main characters are Polynesian and they listen to Van Halen and they also are really good at karate. All right. I'm sold. Let's watch it. Next episode, we're doing Surf Ninjas. So if you've never, if, if you're like, how the fuck do you know about Surf? Like, wh- why Surf Ninjas? Like, what what possibly could have ever led you to the masterpiece that that is Surf Ninjas? That stars Rob Schneider, by the way. Um, <laughs> you know. So is this a bug or a feature? Uh, yeah. So this movie was in the credits for uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, wait, I've seen this. Yeah, this movie's so fucking good. Like when I was a kid. Yeah, I was like a little kid. Yeah, I can't believe you skipped this. This is like one of my, when I, as a, as a child, like the, if I like could picture my child, I was only f- like four when this came out, by the way. Um, I've, I've seen this movie. I've rented it probably at least once a month since I was between the ages of four and probably 15. <laughs> so, no, you're right. Yeah. That was, that was the same era as like the uh, three ninjas and three movie. ninjas strike back and all that. So yeah, I definitely looking at the cover. I definitely have seen it. I did not. Yeah. I did not see the cover and in my defense. I think this is the movie that had Baltimore, um, Tarzan boy in it. No, that's, that's, I think this is it. No, that's Ninja Turtles, dude. Really? I think this was in the, in the credits. I think this is their trailer. I think it was that song. We'll have to watch it. Leslie Nielsen's in it. I'm pretty sure, right? Isn't Leslie Nielsen the bad guy? Uh, yes. Sorry, I'm looking at what movies. So it's according to the internet, Tarzan Boy by Baltimore was in uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three and Beverly Hills Ninja. Beverly Hills Ninja. Okay, so that's that's what I'm thinking of. But oh, why so this, would you this, think of Beverly Hills? Hold on. Ninja? Right. So <laughs> this this is in the so Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three is my favorite one. Which everyone hates. Oh, oh no! It's he not Leslie Nielsen, his, but he just lost his the, listeners with that opinion. Whatever, it's a good fucking movie. So <laughs> when they go back wanna, in time, if you want to argue, yeah, they go to Japan. Oh, pizza! But no, Fuck you. no, that's a good fucking movie. It's Secret of the Use, dude. I'm not gonna Secret oh of the Use. You serious? Toka and Razor, they're babies. Dude, that's such a good movie. That's the whatever. Anyways, like, so this this movie is in the credits, like the or the previews for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three. So all right, good enough. Like all right, so whatever. another tangent down, and we're not even. I will aggressively <laughs> defend Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three. It's fine. I'm ordinarily a defender of it too, but like to say it's the best of the Ninja Turtles movies is just. I said it's my favorite. Okay, you did say it was your favorite. That's fair. That's fair. You know, you covered yourself. But it is the best. Okay, now you're also very wrong. Um, I think the best ones too. But yes, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, good. Yeah, all right, you're correct. Favorite three, best two. Mm, a little too raff. Um, all right, but next up, we're gonna go to G- the other special effects guy, uh, James M. Navarra. Uh, not of this earth you might recognize as uh the directors one of the directors of earlier films uh saturday the 14th strikes back which i guess is a sequel to saturday the 14th uh 976 evil which is a movie that i like and i hope we do it with for the podcast one time and then nowhere to run so he has fewer credits than you know than uh frank seglia but still decent stuff but Time for the moment we've all been waiting for. 
the actual cast. Um, we're going to start off with our leading man of sorts, uh, Sheriff Richard Tarvel, or Tarbell, sorry, Sheriff Richard Tarbell, um, as played by Frank Lutz. Uh, he has a bunch of TV stuff, as a lot of these people are going to. Um, some highlights are Remington Steele, The A-Team, Fred Dreyer's Hunter. Uh, but then movie-wise, you got some uh, gems like Ghost Town, Shane Ghost Town. You know, I'm going to take the second. Why is that not streaming anywhere? I don't know. We tried. It's, it's we... actually it's actually rated as one of the best uh, Western horror movies of all time. So Yeah, horror Westerns, just they don't make them like they used uh, to. They don't make them. <laughs> they don't make them, yeah. Uh, when Harry Met Sally, uh, some more TV stuff, a little bit of Star Trek TNG action, some Matlock stuff, but I'm not sure if it's one where Matlock faces off against a ghost. Uh, Walker, Texas Ranger, uh, Beyond Belief, Factor Fiction. So a lot of one-off TV stuff. Uh, not a huge career. Um, if there's anything that you wanted to point out that I met, I really started like gl- like glossing over things that I didn't care about for a lot of these people. So it's very possible for me to have missed things. Okay. But you did care about surf ninjas. Like, come on. That was earlier. I'm talking about the actors now. <laughs> We're in an entirely I, I know, different section. I think, the- I feel like that's in response to me, me calling you out about surf ninjas. Um, no, 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 no. I'm always happy to have my work, uh, checked live on the air. <laughs> um, thank God this isn't live. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's no, yeah, we're lucky. Um, uh, all right. Uh, next up is Elizabeth Johnson, uh, who's alternately called Elizabeth or Beth. Um, I guess that's because you know that's a name. Uh, as played by uh, Lisa Lang Lewis, Lang Lewis, Lang Lewis. Don't know how that last name is pronounced. Um, she's been in stuff like Phobia, uh, Happy Birthday to Me, uh, Hard Feelings, uh, Class of 1984, uh, with. I've watched Class of 1984, I think, on the last drive-in with Joe Bob Briggs. I did not care for that movie. Um, they had a young Michael J. Fox in it, though. Uh, mm. Deadly Eyes, uh, Transformations, one episode of Forever Night, an episode of Murder, She Wrote, which I'm comfortable to bring up now because that large print book is firmly tucked away on a bookshelf somewhere where I don't have to look at it. Uh, Fire Serpent, uh, Poe, Last Days of the Raven, and then her most recent credit is Silver Fox in 2023. Um, and I just realized the bit that I just said about the Murder, She Wrote book, unless people listen to the episode where I stopped talking about Murder, She Wrote, because I was so mad about accidentally buying a Murder, She Wrote large print book, it would be totally lost on them. <laughs> um, and one quick thing about her. Uh, so there, the cover of this movie is uh, like rather salacious. It's like a woman and like, you know, her undergarments uh, being accosted by a giant roach. As we know, the roaches in this are not giant. And that scene never happens. And she made like a thing about like how she was at, least at first upset that she was portrayed that way. But then later, uh, you know, it was like, well, you know, that's just how it is. Like she came to terms with it. But I thought for sure that was supposed to be Jenny. The scientist. I thought it was supposed to be Jenny because the hair is blonde, but it's frizzy. And that's Jenny's hair. Because Elizabeth's hair is straight and Dr. Hubbard's hair is, is dark. But in any case, I don't think it was supposed to be in. And Jenny's the one who we see, like she's in at least night clothes, not like undergarments, but night clothes. So I assumed it was supposed to be Jenny and not. See, I thought it was supposed to be Dr. Hubbard. Interesting. Well, either way, it kind of looks like Dr. Hubbard. We both agree that it's not supposed to be her character. 
So it's I very never, funny that I she never would have guessed that that's her. Yeah, she assumed that that was her character and like was at one point did. upset about it. But I don't think it even yeah. is supposed to be. But anyways, uh, then her father is the mayor. Elias Johnson is played by Robert Lansing. So many old Western shows, dude. Like, man, yeah. it's been going to town yeah. on the Western stuff. Um, the only one I really recognize is the Virginian just because like, I've, you know, read the book. Um, you know, and then he's got like Namu, the killer whale. Uh, it takes all kinds. Oh, an episode of the flying nun, which is a show I bring up because I just can't believe it existed. Uh, Blackjack, uh, empire of the ants, which it rules. If you've ever seen empire of the ants, uh, Island claws, which wait, you haven't seen empire of the ants. I have not. All right. Picture this giant ants. Okay. Boom. It's so good. Uh, yeah, Island mm. Claws, which is giant crab. So the man's the man's got taste. Um, after school, <laughs> uh, an episode of Monsters, uh, twenty eight episodes of the Equalizer, a couple episodes of Murder She Wrote, but he played two different characters, and then he had like twenty eight episodes or something like that of Kung Fu. Le- Le- the Legend Continues. He has a lot of credits though, so if you want to just go through, he had like hundred ninety some. A lot of them are just television ones. So I just pulled out some big ones. Like how big the ants are in Empire of the Ants and how big the crab is in mm-hmm. <laughs> Island Claws. Empire of the Ants is so good, though. We should do that for the podcast. I think it's in the early 70s, though, so we have to waste some late 70s stuff before we can get to that. Um, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Time is linear, after all, and the 70s and 80s and 90s aren't going anywhere. Uh, next up is Dr. Morgan Hubbard, our psycho doctor, as played by Terry Trias. Um, she has a lot of credits. Um, I picked like, uh, seven brides for seven brothers, the series. She's in like 22 episodes of that. Our old pal, Santa Barbara shows up. She's in 15 episodes of that, uh, death Stark, uh, death and the warriors from hell, which is, I believe the third death stalker movie. Um, she's in the terror within, which came up earlier. Um, and then also, uh, like the entire alien nation franchise. Like she was a character, like a, she played the same character throughout. So in the TV series and in like the subsequent movies, like the made for TV movies and stuff they did of Alien Nation, mm-hmm. um, uh, Nightmare on the Thirteenth Floor, Frankenstein Unbound, and then the last one I picked for her was House Four, which again, not my favorite House movie. I like House One, I like House Two, the second story, but then they like gave up on like the fun joke names and House Three and Four just aren't my thing. Next up is our local uh, uh, pest extermination agent, Homer, as played by Stephen Davies. Uh, again, a bunch of TV series. I'm not going to go through all of those, but you got yourselves the Hanoi Hilton, Desperado, uh, Corporate Affairs, which I brought up Corporate Affairs because I think the director, I didn't list it in the director's credits, but I think the director either directed or wrote Corporate Affairs. Uh, Alien oh. Intruder, like how much more of a vague title do you need than that? Uh, Revenge of the Nerds, Four nerds in love. It's like, well, hopefully they stop doing sexual assaults in this one. Uh, Blood Fist Seven Manhunt. Uh, Star Trek uh, Deep Space Nine. Uh, he had a couple episodes, and the one he played a character named Arak Taral, which I actually remember that character, but I do not remember him playing the character. Uh, the little Sega CD game called Wirehead. Uh, and then here we get some interesting stuff. Uh, Big O Ghosts in the Shell Standalone Complex. And then Yuki Kazi. So he moved on to uh, doing anime voices. And 
I think the last was it last time we had somebody who had like Ghost in the Shell standalone complex. Like the stack for that must have been, you know, stacked. Yeah, for sure. No, it was the uh, one of the um, uh, one of the he was a voice actor. No, yeah, that's what I mean. Yep. Sorry for that bit of, about Revenge of the Nerds, but like, man, I went back and reevaluated the first Revenge of the Nerds, and it is gross. That series needs to be like rehabilitated in a bad way. Uh, next up is Lillian as played by Nancy Morgan. I don't know. She's in the something called fraternity grand theft auto, but not that one. Um, the dreamer of Oz, uh, lucky Luke. She was in both the movie and the subsequent TV series. Uh, Danielle Steele's heartbeat heirloom. Uh, most recently it was something called life's a bit in 2020, which was like a Nicole Blaine stand-up special. Um, I'm not much of a stand-up person, so don't know what that is, but that was her most recent credit. If you want to step in and talk about anyone's credits, if I'm skipping over anything. No, no, you're good. I'm I, really, I'm, I'm really blasting through these people. I know. Cause I, I kind of fucked up. <laughs> uh, next up is uh, Jake, our local resident kook and also Lillian's father as played by Jack Collins. And in my notes, I just put lots of ancient TV. And then a few examples are I dream of Jeannie, the Adams family and my favorite Martian. Dude's just in so many things like his, like obviously being old as hell by this point, like he was in a ton of stuff. Um, some interesting ones, the sting, the towering inferno, uh, flood, the trial of Lee Harvey Oswald, Pete's dragon. And I think his last credit was uh, Jekyll and Hyde together again, which don't know what that means, but, uh, based on what I understand about Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, probably not great for the people involved. <laughs> so uh, next up is yeah. Next up is the local uh, library association woman, Mrs. Pennington, as played by Diana Bellamy. Now she had a ton of credits. I cut it down to just a few that like were connected to stuff or interesting. So we got Police Academy two, one episode of Alien Nation. So hanging out with Doctor Hubbard, uh, hey. <laughs> Critters three. So hanging out with one of our special effects people, uh, Outbreak. Uh, Superhuman Samurai, which I believe is an animated series. Uh, Diabolique, Ghosts of Mississippi, Air Force One. Maybe you've heard of it. It's where Harrison Ford says, get off my plane. And then her last credit. No, I've never heard of it. <laughs> well, let me tell you. Uh, la- That's a good movie. What, uh, Air Force One? Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, sure. In the pantheon of plane-related movies, it's definitely up there. Um. And then her last credit was an episode of Diagnosis Murder in 2001. <laughs> so <laughs> I love how often Diagnosis Murder comes up. Uh, yep. And next is uh, Mrs. Pennington's niece, Jenny, as uh, played by Heidi Helmer. Not a ton of stuff. Purple Haze, Porky's Revenge, Beach Balls, uh, Terminal Entry. And then her most recent credit was What Women Want, the Mel Gibson movie where he learns what women want. Have you heard of that? Like, what do they want? Well, ask Mel Gibson. I guess that's a weird. I guess anti Semitism. <laughs> well, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was setting up another joke, but that one took it. That was, uh, yeah. That was it. Yeah. So there you go. What women want? That's her last credit. She unfortunately passed away in 2010. So uh, it wasn't anything else after that. And the last one was actually somebody that I wasn't even going to do notes on. And I'm glad I did because what an interesting dude. It's uh, Church, 
the uh, the cook at, at Lillian's Diner as played by Jeff Winkless. Hey, wait a He's second. So much of the movie. Wait a second. Winkless? Doesn't that sound exactly like the last name of the director, Terrence H. Winkless? Yes, it's his brother. <laughs> and this man has had a career. So he was the composer on Corporate Affairs, Not of This Earth, and Lady Killer, which are all movies, I believe, that were directed by his brother. So, you know, he had an in. That's probably how he got in on that. Mm-hmm. But man, as an actor and a specifically voice actor, this man has credits. Let's run through them. Soylent Green, Lupin the Third, Mystery of Mamo, Lupin the Third, uh, Castle of Cogliostro, just Lupin the Third, just the show, I guess. Yeah. Space Adventure Cobra, Golgo 13, The Professional, Vampire Hunter D, Megazone 23, Windaria, Castle in the Sky, Wicked City, like that really like Kind of, it's kind of like as cult classic as like anime movies get. Uh, Twilight of the Cockroaches, which I just think is funny because this movie also involves cockroaches. Uh, also, Saturday the Fourteenth Strikes Back and Corporate Affairs. Uh, but then back to the anime. Three X Three Eyes, Silent Mobius, Doomed Megalopolis. You know, going back to the live action stuff where he does a voiceover. It's Look Who's Talking Now, Stone Keep, Tiny Toon Adventures, Buster and the Beanstalk. And then his last credit was in 2001 was an episode of the Black Scorpion television program. <laughs> so this man has had such an interesting career <laughs> that I did not see coming from his character in this basically being a bit character. And then one final, like just little fun fact, uh, the, you know, the snap crackle pop jingle for uh, uh, Rice Krispies from. Yeah, uh, it was co-written. The jingle was co-written with by Jeff Winkless and his father. So obviously also the director's fault. Get out of here. Yeah. So serious. That's that's crazy. Yeah. So this man is like, he's got some, some chops. Yeah. Here he is playing a third, third string character in his brother's roach movie. Like what? That's, that's wild. What's even happening here? So yeah. yeah, there we go. And that's, did you have anything you wanted to add to the cast or crew? I know I kind of blew through it there. Once we went on no, so many no, tangents no, no. that I was like looking yeah, at the no, clock no, and decided to book good. it. No, you're fine. I, I think with uh I think with Jeff Winkless, like if you're into late seventies, early well, late seventies, eighties anime, which is very different from like what we get now. Um, Vampire Hunter D is crazy. So if you haven't like if you're into that stuff, you should definitely try to watch that. I don't think it's streaming anywhere. Um, I think you have to either buy it or um there's like one of those one-off like you subscribe to amazon you can watch it but um yeah vampire hunter d is a crazy have you ever seen that yeah i watched it in high school like way back in the day well did you watch bloodlust or d because bloodlust was the one that came out when we were younger so bloodlust is 2000 and newer oh it was bloodlust yeah it wasn't the original yeah anime okay so the original one is just a movie it's a film um it's it's wild. Look, oh like, no, it was Bloodlust that I watched then. Yeah, it was not. You just, it was not yeah, yeah. Show. You watched the TV show. The, yeah. So Bloodlust was great. That's a well, Bloodlust is also show. a movie though. I thought Bloodlust was don't they was that on Toonami? No, you're right. It is a movie. You're right. Um, but we we were able as like for Western audiences, we were we were this was readily available to a lot of us. Back in those up. days, young people nowadays don't understand how good they got it. They have multiple anime streaming services 
Yeah. They like release we had Cartoon Network. Yeah, they, like we had like Toonami, and then we maybe had like if we subscribe to like Kaza, LimeWire. Well, some of the premium movie channels would sometimes have like a dub right. of something yeah. on. Like you could get Wicked City, you could get like uh, Goku the Night Eye, like uh, you could get uh, Ninja Scroll, like some of these things. But like, yeah, otherwise it was just whatever Toonami gave us. And then they finally gave us like the the what would later become Adult Swim Toonami, but at the time it was just Toonami, but at night. And they'd give us like the unedited stuff so you could actually see the violence and not have people pretending that it was like kid friendly, <laughs> which was funny. So, uh, what a so, what a tough time to be alive that was. We've really seen some struggle, Shane. So currently, you cannot stream Hunter D, the original. Um, when I looked at probably, the original movie, it looked like you could get it on Amazon Prime. So that's probably to pay to rent or buy. No, if you if you click the link, it's no longer available. So the, oh, it's damn. gone. Yeah, yeah. So you probably would have to buy this, or um, I can't remember the name of the Japanese website that sells to U.S. It ships to the U.S. There's a, there's like a Japanese collectible website. Um, check there. That's uh, probably your your only option is probably buying this. And I don't even know if it's in English. And if it is in English, I you know so highly recommend it it's i mean bloodlust is great too but vampire hunter d the original like hands down probably one of the best animes you'll ever watch i don't want to step on your vampire hunter d thing because i honestly like i watched it at my buddy's place in high school in his living room while also i think playing like you know star wars rogue squadron rebel strike on the gamecube or something i don't even know what era this was so it was a while so ago. i s- 2000 so 2000s when the movie came out so that's 2001 2002 so right yeah right around playstation 2 gamecube era so um was that it for the cast and crew like did you have any other no no that was it there's a couple other people that like uh cy perkins is like another character but like he had no other credits i didn't even bother bringing him up so trying to keep it a little bit faster but doing so before we get before we get into the movie there are multiple covers for this movie and people listening, I, I recommend I'll, I'll post them on our socials, but um, the Spanish one is interesting um, because <laughs> there are no scenes where any of these, like there's one scene they show from the movie that I think is, have you seen the Spanish one? The, for the covers? No, I've only ever seen the yeah. one with the lady getting like, Pounced on by a giant roach. I've never okay, seen. Okay, so so the Spanish one has a guy transforming into a roach, which never happens. Oh. And then, well, no, no, no. The, okay, so go to IMDb and look at the photos. There's only eight of them. You'll see what I mean. And it has like bugs crawling all over. It. it just it didn't happen like this. But it does show. It does show one scene of. When the dad goes into the bathroom, we'll get into that to that later. But, um, and it's funny that's the one they chose because that was literally like you had the freeze frame to even see what this photo was that they used. My favorite cover is the Japanese version, it is so good. I love the Japanese version of the cover of this. Um, so if you haven't seen it, you should check it out. And I can edit it out. You should check. You should look at them. Depredadores Assassinos. Yeah, this man does not turn into a roach like this. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what I mean. Like, 
Yo, what's this Japanese one? What is that? That's so cool, isn't it? How fucking cool is that? That's wild looking. Definitely misrepresents what's happening. I mean, the fact of the matter is all of these are misrepresenting <laughs> how, how things go down in the movie. Right. For sure. <laughs> Speaking of what goes down in the movie. Is it time for the plot description? Anyways, let's go through this. We got. I only got. Let's to, fucking do it. Let's do the thing. <laughs> let's do the thing we do. Um, I've been swearing a lot. I'll, I'll dial it back. <laughs> I mean, I don't care. You can do what you want. We have. I don't want to make we, your mom mad. We have. Yeah. Well, I don't think she minds if you do. She minds if I do. <laughs> Dude, I haven't seen your mom in so long. Um. Try. It's been ten years, probably. Yeah, I guess whenever the last time you went to Titusville would have been. <laughs> yeah, because we went to your. Um, we were there for, for the some beer fest, weren't we? Or is it the beer fest or just, I feel like it must've been the, the beer fest that we were there for. Yeah, there's a lot of we people were... there. Opening. Opening. Starts like with some kind of bugs, like buggy looking stuff, but it's kind of unclear. And it's on the words, the nest. And it's like kind of white on like a black background until it gets to the the very bottom. And then it becomes red letters on black screen and says the nest. So, you know, red letters on black screen. That's the eighties, baby. We love it. Uh, the 80s. Yeah, the music's kind of simple. We get some electronic tones. Yeah, get some synths. Sort of a act in there. Yeah, but sort of a like a more um, tranquil sort of song. Yeah, like it's, yeah it's like somber. Yeah, very. Uh, that's what the that's what the subtitle said. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> if there's one thing we know is that we can trust the Tubi subtitles. It literally just goes somber music. That's all it says. Like it's playing. See, I feel it's like, like somber okay, though. I can think of a funeral. I would say it's more like like uh, I don't know, like atmospheric, but like in a tranquil way, like a charming way, like kind of provincial sounding. So a radio announcer, uh, as we look at a scene of a lighthouse, which you know how I feel about lighthouses, in favor. Um, so yeah, like the radio announcer is addressing the community of Northport, um, which is the community in this movie. Uh, and he says, but he does say that it's a bracing 62 degrees. I'm like, how is 62 degrees bracing? Like, that's just moderately warm. Yeah, I, I didn't get that either. I, but that's, I always define bracing as being like, I don't know. I, I felt like the, it should be a little more challenging, like like a chill in the air that gets you like, you know, ready for the day. That's a bracing. Well, it's like it's December. It's a bracing 62. And then I think, OK, maybe. <laughs> well, it's not December. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. it's got to be some. Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, but like, yeah, 62 for like, I think they're in June. It's like, yeah, it's about where you should be. I don't know. Uh, anyways, uh, the lighthouse. I think we pan down and see the ocean. That's how we know we're in a seaside town. Um, then we cut to the interior of a, someone's house, and it's the local sheriff Richard sleeping in his clothes with no covers and a pillow over his head, which is how you know he's a man of action because. <laughs> 
just sleeping in his clothes. Uh, he's awakened by the sound of a beeper going off, at which point he calls the police station to talk to Millie, the sassy switchboard operator that we will never see, at least never see intact. <laughs> um, he doesn't notice there's a roach in his coffee and starts drinking his coffee, which is pretty gross. Um, there's going to be a lot of roaches in this thing, by the way. Yeah, like the subtle roach hints throughout the beginning. like, And we'll get into, I, I, I have a lot of gripes with the, some of this part of the beginning. I'm with it movie. being called subtle. There's roaches everywhere. Um, yeah, but Millie is saying that they have a... So Millie says they have a bunch of strange uh, strange calls and starts to go through what seem like pretty basic calls based on how they yeah. react to them. It's like, oh, Roger Gordon went missing. And he's like, let me guess, a tourist girl went missing too? He's like, yeah, you're right. And also, there's a barking dog at the Intech trailer. He's like, oh, not that again. It's like, oh, Mrs. Pennington from the library called about the books. It's like, uh, it seems like it's just like business as usual for this like little tiny town. During the, the call, he does see roaches on his toilet. And then he what, jiggles the toilet handle, reaches into like the tank and then pulls his hand out to additional roaches. And then he finally, after drinking from his coffee several times, notices the roach because he drinks it and has to spit, spit it take. out. Yeah, he does yeah. a roach spit take. So gross. And uh, having lived in an apartment once that had a lot of roaches in it, so gross. So gross, dude. It's one of the worst things that's ever happened. I could not wait to move out of that place. Uh, Next up is the final bit of exposition from Millie, uh, who, uh, you know, during this entire like roach experience has been on the phone or on the radio with or No, he called her. Right. So he's on the was he on the phone or was he on the radio? I think it was a two. It was a two. Way. I think it was a two way. Yeah, it was like a handheld radio. Because I was gonna say yeah. it was on the phone. It's like wait, no, but they didn't have cell phones yet then. Um, and then the final bit of exposition then is that there's a VIP flying in for the mayor's birthday. Uh, so uh, Richard will have to pick them up because I guess the sheriff's duty is also to pick up high profile guests to this like seven hundred person town. <laughs> uh, but he goes outside again. Well, do you think she did that because they used to they had some history? Um, uh, maybe if so, Millie's a sneaky, sneaky one. Well, because like that was like the gossip of the town. Well, remember? Well, because the mayor doesn't know that uh, Elizabeth's coming, so I right. assumed that it was Elizabeth who called up Millie, like called up Millie at the police station to arrange her pickup, so it's to surprise her father. So yeah, I think Elizabeth weird. was the mastermind of it all, not Millie. But that's just my two cents. Because mm-hmm. uh, I imagine Millie would know that uh, Richard is currently seeing uh, another local woman and wouldn't want to betray another local woman for some floozy who ran off to the big city and left their town in the lurch. But next up, uh, when Richard goes outside, he sees our man Homer riding by on his moped. The local exterminator, their pest killer. He doesn't like to be called exterminator, um, but that's what he essentially is. Uh, But unfortunately, the sheriff's unable to catch him before he drives past. What is it? Then it's at the diner and Homer is talking to Jake outside of the diner. Uh, Jake's just asking Homer if he would like to go hunting. And Homer says he's always on the hunt and then mopeds off. It's like, man, you can't (laughs) get much cooler than that. Way to go, Homer. So good. Um and then, uh, but then it's another instance of him like leaving just as the sheriff arrives to try to stop him again. Uh, but then our old codger Jake uh, is asking Richard if he has pests, and and pe- Richard's like, "Well, yes, I do." And then, but Jake's like, "In order to deal with them, you need to not not leave food out." 
Like Jake's just like your local, like weird old dude, just like saying random crap with occasional moments of lucidity. Um, like profound. Oh, moments sure. of lucidity. Sure. Uh, but then, yeah, Richard uh, goes into the diner and addresses Lillian, who again, we know is Jake's daughter from later, but there you go. Uh, it seems that they're an item because uh, what was it? She had gone to the mainland and he was like, I was wondering where you were or whatever. And then what? Then Jake kind of comes in and is like, the sheriff's got pests. And Lillian's like, come on, dad, don't give him the business. She's trying to get married. Uh, local diner patrons are uh, saying if it isn't bugs, it's rats. It's like a really weird situation of everyone just like giving their two cents. Like if it's not bugs, it's rats. And Jake's like, rats are worse than bugs. Spoiler alert. Jake's not going to agree with that later. Um, and then like uh, what church comes out from the, the cook church comes out. He's like, this entire island is a cesspool. <laughs> it's like, geez, church, why don't you dial it back a bit and let people enjoy their breakfast? Well, to be fair. <laughs> well, you know, he's not going to be totally wrong by the end of this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And that's when Lillian is telling Richard about how she went to the mainland and bought him something and hands him sunglasses. And then when he puts them on, uh, a guy that we'll enable, later learn is uh, Mr. Perkins or Cy Perkins, I believe is his first name. It's like, you're a real piece of law enforcement, Sheriff. And then Richard kind of plays into the character of being like a serious cop with like sunglasses out to tame. What does he say? I'm going to tame these mean streets. Mm-hmm. So it seems like, you know, they all have a pretty fun little dynamic in this small town. Hopefully nothing happens to kill them all. Uh, Richard, uh, you know, wearing his sunglasses, driving along a, a small seaside road that barely constitutes a road. It's honestly like one lane. I don't even know how, like if you have through traffic, what do you even do? Uh, but on his way, he sees a hydroplane on the ascent. Uh, and then it lands. Um, oh, and then we see for the first time a sign for Northport. It's like Northport, Mayor Elias Johnson, population 700 for now. Uh, it doesn't say that on the sign, but it says it in my mind. Uh, then the plane also has wheels because it's part of Northport flying boats fleet that I guess shuttles people from the mainland. Um, so we see a young blonde woman getting off the plane that we will later learn is Elizabeth. And by later, we, I mean, by every single person who calls her by name for the rest of the movie, her presence, you know, catches the sheriff's attention. And, you know, that's how that's one of our shorthands for these two had a relationship in the past. Am I right? Uh, and then, the, yeah, the, they they really got some mileage out of the sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. They made use of their props. You know, check off sunglasses. If you have sunglasses at the beginning of the movie. Uh, when you meet a former love interest, you have to use them to show that he knows who that is. But yeah, the ride in the SUV is awkward. They both start talking at the same time, like they just learned how to communicate. Uh, Elizabeth is remarking about how she doesn't know what to say after so long. It's like, well, no shit. Uh, Richard is like, how about I missed you? It's like, oh, hey, buddy, coming in a little strong. I'm just trying to play a little bit cool and then just put up an angsty, like, you know, away message on your AOL instant messenger or something. Right. Um, but. <laughs> Uh, so Elizabeth's like, oh, you're, you're sheriff now. And then, uh, asks if his dad retired, which is the first hint we get that Richard's dad was the former sheriff and Richard never wanted to let a moment go where he can't ruin the mood says, no, he's dead. Uh, <laughs> Elizabeth says she's sorry. And he says, it's been a while now, which also is meant to be a jab at her. Cause she's been gone so long. Then when they drive, uh, they just drive by apparently a place that used to exist called Dan's bar. And Richard says, oh, it's. It was torn down a while ago. It's like, oh, you get it? She's been gone for a while, Shane. Yeah, well, 
she's and then it turns out we'll she see. was gone for like four years it's like that's a blink yeah, in the right. a blink of the eye in terms of like small towns like shit never changes there but then uh, as they're driving i see i see a banner for an upcoming fisher whack festival that i'm very interested in but the movie will never address so <laughs> was disappointed by that some things in movies like this catch my eye and the fisher whack festival was among them but then we get to how dare they i know man he's gonna dangle his fisher whack in front of me and not give me what i need <laughs> uh but then there's kind of flagged down by a woman in a rocking chair who's like yelling for the sheriff uh it's mrs pennington she flags down richard to show him a book uh that has the pages falling out you know one of millie's calls from earlier and then she like casually says hi like hi beth to elizabeth it's like she's been gone for four years and she acts like she's just like, hey, how's it going? You're just here again. But like as uh, Richard handles the book, the pages fall out and then a young woman is coming by uh, and is laughing and clearly fawning over Richard. And I was I put in my notes, I guess we have another prowler situation or some goofy looking cop is just irresistible to all women because <laughs> he's just look, kind of looks like a Fucking derp. Mark. He just looks like a derp. He's a mark. Know, Richard is just a mark. a mark. So yeah, but no, it's uh, apparently like that's what they <laughs> Pickens is slim on this island. It's either Mark or or uh what's his name? Or Mark. Or no, it's either uh Richard or um or Homer. Homer. <laughs> yeah. And then no one's the pest guy. He's like, excuse me, he has some real utility. What kind of law enforcement does this island really need? Yeah, right. Um, but Richard just explains that it's either bugs or rats that eat the glue out of the bindings. And Mrs. Pennington is incredulous because it happened to every single book. And then what Jenny intervenes with like a, uh, who's that? And why does she get a ride? And it's like, yeah, we get it, Jenny. You're into the cop. Just fucking lay off, dude. <laughs> like we're trying to get through a movie here. Uh, Mrs. Pennington uh, drops some quick exposition that Jenny is her niece who's working with Perkins for the summer. Uh, will this backstory pay off? No. Um, <laughs> then Mrs. Pennington, what says uh, that there will be hell to pay with the library committee if he doesn't resolve the bookbinding issue. It's like, what do you want him to buy? Like, you like, dude, go buy you some Elmers for these like books. Like, what do you expect him to do to re like re-glue your bindings together? Then, uh, then she tells Elizabeth to say hello to her father for her. Under who her father is? Well, hopefully, there's a smash cut that tells us it's the mayor. He's looking, he's meeting with a local merchant that we'll later learn is Cy Perkins, uh, who's talking about how he made all of the improvements that the mayor and Intech have asked him to make, but he needs money from Intech to avoid raising his prices. So it seems like Intech, the company, controls a lot. Did we explain that Intech is the company that like has a presence on this island? I mean, this is the first time it like really comes up. Yeah, the only other time it came up was when they said the Intech shed about the barking dog. Yeah. Um, right. So yeah, Intech is like this lo like company that is doing something and a part of the island is like closed off to their like investment in the area. And I think everyone thinks it's condos, but uh, spoiler alert, it's roaches. <laughs> They're off the roach business. Spoiler roaches. Spoiler roaches. Uh, but the mayor in the in Perkins conversation like kind of comes down to like the mayor just being a dick to him. He says he's not well, not going to let a provincial merchant like him drive the tourists away and he'll get his money whenever Intech decides he'll get it. It's like, geez, mayor, like, I'm pretty sure that Perkins owns the only grocery store on the island. So maybe you better watch your shit. Um, but anyways, uh, we get an exterior shot of the house. 
a very huge house for a very small island. Uh, mm-hmm. And then uh, what Richard uh, asks Elizabeth how long she's going to stay. And she's like, oh, she's being really cagey about it. It's like, I need to visit my father. Um, but perhaps we could see each other later tonight. And I'm like, yo, Sheriff's already out here two-timing my girl Lillian, who he just met with at the yeah, diner. Yeah, that was kind of fucked up. Yeah, the sheriff is, Sheriff's not a good dude. He's up to no good over here. I get that they have history, but he can't just, like, abandon Lillian like that after getting his dope shades. But yeah, Elizabeth goes into the house. There's some opera music uh, that is playing. That's how we know that uh, the mayor, Elias, is a very cultured man. And it was, like, super annoying to me that it said singing in a foreign language in the captions and not yeah. just like singing opera or singing opera or singing in Italian. That was funny. It was like clearly Italian, clearly opera. All right. Thanks for nothing. But yeah, so she, uh, she goes in and, and sees what her father's like on the ground, like leafing through folders and stuff like that in the corner of his office. And it's a really awkward reunion to begin with. Cause he doesn't seem happy to see her at all. Possibly. No, I thought he had like dementia. Well, I was going to say possibly because he knows that uh, Intech is making killer roaches on the island. Well, well maybe we'll find out. So, yeah, he's, he talks to her about how he's looking for a book about legal precedent because everyone on this damn island is a lawyer. And then finally things get a little normal and they have a nice hug and he tells her that she's what he wanted for his birthday. Like, okay, so maybe like they are humans who can interact regularly and not just be weirdos. Meanwhile, out by the lighthouse... And I mean, not meanwhile, later, not meanwhile. We'll have meanwhiles later. This is a later. Uh, Richard uh, is out by the lighthouse and is remarking to Millie that he couldn't find a sign of Roger uh, at the lighthouse. Uh, oh, because earlier, whenever Roger, local Roger and a tourist girl were missing, like, oh, it's the allure of that lighthouse. It's like, oh, so is the lighthouse a place where the young folks sneak off to have illicit relations? Um, <laughs> but there's no sign of Roger at the lighthouse. Uh, Millie uh, then explains that there were five more dog related calls in the meantime. It's like, uh, so they're dead, right? Pro- probably. Cause what Millie says is like, it's like, do you want to address them or you want me to tell them it's all part of like just nature's majesty or something like that. It's like lady, if like five people's dogs died in a row in this island, something's going on. But again, Millie is very dismissive. And she also seems to have a New York accent, which is not a New England accent, which kind of threw me, but that's fine. We're not here to nitpick this. We're not cinema sins. Right. Then, uh, you know, Richard hears a weird buzzing that we'll later learn is the roach approach, which, by the way, anytime you hear, you know, that sound they make that sounds kind of like it's supposed to be buzzing, but it sounds more like electricity going off and it's what signals the roach swarm. Mm-hmm. I call it the roach approach. Mm, that's good and you have to call it that too now so tm 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 yeah roach approach okay uh yeah so uh you know richard hearing the roach approach decides to walk down uh the steps that lead to the beach but when he's on the way down he gets jump scared by jake the old codger oh jake son of a bitch yeah jake you old so-and-so what are you doing here uh richard asks jake how he got out here so fast and jake just responds with random folksy wisdom which is kind of what you're talking about he says, well, yeah. like, never swim in a public pool. Only kiss a woman you trust. <laughs> it's like, all right, Polonius. <laughs> do, do you, that was a solid reference. Yeah, I get that one. It's like, that one's going to go yeah. right over the head of some people. Yeah, that's why I let some, I let some, I let a little room to breathe there. That's <laughs> what the. Neither a borrower nor a lender be, am I right? Uh, 
Yeah. But anyways, uh, then Richard notices that Jake had stolen a boat, and that's how he got to the beach so fast, is he used a stolen boat to like go around the other side of the island or something. And mm-hmm. then Richard tells Jake to return the boat, and he won't say another word about it. And then Jake's like, well, gee golly, I think I will return that boat today. <laughs> it's like, oh, Jake, never change. And he won't, because he'll die soon. Uh, but then Jake has a very somber moment where he asks the sheriff if he's going to marry his daughter... And the sheriff says he likes her, adeptly dodging the question because he literally just made plans with another woman that night. Which again, I'm like, sheriff, like, come on, man, can't be given, can't be giving Jake the runaround like that when he's trying to ask after his own daughter. Um, right. But yeah, meanwhile, Elizabeth at the house uh, goes into like an old style bedroom, and I thought it was a canopy bed at first, but I think the bedposts just go into the ceiling. Is that a thing? yeah well it is there so if it's not supposed to be it is uh and there's also paintings of fruit on the walls because let me tell you if i have a bedroom and i don't have fruit on the walls let me tell you not sleeping there um so yeah Uh, apparently this was beth's mother's room or it's not clear if it's like her parents room or just her mother's room because everything sort of signals it is just her mother's room like they had separate rooms but um uh, she asks her dad where her mother's shell collection is. And he explains that he put everything in the basement after the funeral. And then kind of has a moment where he's like, I mean, well, after the funeral, not immediately after the funeral. Like, it's like, clearly there's some tension between them about her mother's death. And that's kind of when we get the little bit where Elias like explains to Beth that uh, he knows that he wasn't there for her after the funeral and she was hurting, but he couldn't help her because he couldn't even help himself. Uh, so that's kind of probably what precipitated her leaving was his inability to, uh, deal with things emotionally, toxic masculinity. Am I right? Um, Mm -hmm. smash cut to Beth now out in the woods on a walk with some light upbeat music. What a nice time. I'm sure nothing terrible will happen. Oh no. In tech dog jump scare. She got a little close to the in tech, uh, trailer and the, the dog that's tied up out there was barking at her, which by the way, it didn't look like that dog had any food or anything to drink. Who left that dog out there? Yeah, it was kind of weird because it was like, well, who, like, what, what is happening with this dog? Like, they didn't, like, whose dog is it? And like, well, they, whenever the, and someone called the police on it, like, who did? The, the dog wouldn't stop barking. Right. And it's like, oh, yeah, they, the dog by the Intech shed or whatever. It's like, so this dog is known and it is Intech's dog, but it's just out there alone. I don't know. So many questions about it. It really seems like it's just a plot device to get us to see a dog die. But, you know, since the dog's tied up, it can't get to Beth. So she continues her journey. Um, I just noticed in my notes, I stopped calling her Elizabeth and started calling her Beth because I don't want to do a three syllable name when a one syllable name mm. will do. Mm. Chocolate. Um, <laughs> chocolate. Uh, so, yeah. But as Beth continues her journey. There's a cut back to the dog and there's some ominous tones. And then what do we hear, Shane? What do we hear? Roach approach. It's the roach approach. And this time it's accompanied by some grass moving as it comes ever nearer. We will not get that every time. Usually we'll just get the roach approach sound. Uh, Beth uh, finds her way to whatever spot she was uh, seeking, but it's blocked by a fence and a no trespassing sign that indicates that Intec is up to something in their old haunt. But back to the dog, the grass is getting closer as the roach approach continues. And this is kind of where it gets kind of sad because the dog like whines and backs up until it gets to the end of its chain. 
and can't go any further. Mercifully, it's not like a too graphic of a scene. Um, right. It kind of cuts back to Beth, who hears the dog like barking and like yelping. Um, so she runs back to investigate. But when she gets there, oh, no, the dog's down to like a fleshy, bloody, sinewy skeleton. Uh, already been basically piranha, but with roaches. And we have a kind of a weird moment because uh, she says, oh, God, Richard, just as Richard arrives, but she wasn't looking at him. So I don't know how she knew he was there, <laughs> but Richard was there in order to investigate the dog and also found the bloody scene before them. See, I thought that was a mistake. I thought maybe they forgot a scene or something like they filmed her getting like because she's like, oh, called. God, Richard. And then he's already there. Right. Yeah, it seemed kind of right. weird. It's weird. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but Richard is looking at that dog's, uh, scraps of bloody flesh and is like, what's this? Uh, he sees something weird in there. They look like little, like, uh, I don't know, little seeds, maybe. Um, we'll later learn what they are, but I won't spoil it because we got to give Homer his moment to shine. Richard goes to the mayor's house to check on Beth. So clearly some time has passed. Uh, the mayor says she's fine. Um, but then once they like ask the sheriff, yo, what did that? What could have done such a thing as if the mayor doesn't know. We later learn he knows exactly what did it, but that's kind of probably why he's like, uh, cagey about Richard wanting to send. So Richard wants to send some guy named Simpson, who's good at hunting mountain lion, uh, out there after it. But Elias is like, well, it's in land. We better, uh, let them handle it. I'll call them in the morning. It's like, hey, man, a dog just died today. What's the morning going to help? Well, so, like, I, I kind of, like, initially that was my feeling, too. It's like, are right, you trying to cover this up? But at the same time, it's like he knows that they'll die. Oh, you think he's trying to stop Simpson from going because Simpson will get eaten by the roaches? I think that's why he was so adamant about him not going up there. Because at no point is, like, the mayor, like... Oh man, like in a he has like a Scrooge McDuck room where he's like swimming in money. He's like, they'll never know. No, and actually, um, I kind of cover this later when it comes up. But this mayor is not the Jaws mayor. Like, this mayor is not going to keep the beaches open at all costs. Like, we'll, right. we'll get there, but he pretty quickly suggests they evacuate the island when it seems like, like shit's real, you know? Yeah, like he, when he hope is lost. He definitely uh cares about his community in his own way. He just doesn't do it right. Like he's very like the best thing to be would be to open about everything. But instead he's like not open, but in a way that he thinks is going to help everybody. He's just, he's got his priorities all out of whack. Um, right. But uh, then the mayor tries to like uh, shoo away Richard, like close the door on him. But then he yells for Beth who comes out to talk to Richard and they have a little stroll in the garden where they talk about her life in the city. And uh, then, what is it? Uh, she's like, when I left, when I was in Northport, I could only think about the city. And then when I was in the city, I could only think about coming back to Northport. And it's like, uh, okay, do we, how long is this movie? Do we have time for this? And then she remarks that she doesn't know if she's going to go back. Her job was left open-ended, but she brings up another guy, which, you know, Richard is like, ugh other men exist no a uh, quick cut to elias on the phone with somebody at in tech asking to get a hold of somebody named hauser <laughs> so he's like basically like get this dude on the line right now stuff is happening here 
Uh, back to Richard, who's trying to leave because he's upset by the fact that Beth might not be back forever, even though he's also dating somebody else. Like I said, Sheriff's a scumbag. Um, and then she's like, what? Uh, I seem to be separate from my father and separate from Northport. And he's like, separate from me? She's like, no, not you. It's like, oh, <laughs> oh man, I don't think I don't think I have enough like energy for this. Luckily, we'll go back to the junkyard, or not back to the junkyard. We'll cut to the junkyard where Jake lives and possibly works. Uh, he's in long underwear with a boxing uh, Boston Red Sox hat, shooting at mice with a gun. So this man is living his best life. However. As he's chasing the mice down and trying to and taunting them, uh, one of them squeals and then is like ripped in half by something. And he sees like the top half of the rat, which is like a top half puppet, like an animatronic puppet kind of moving. It's kind of gnarly and interesting looking because it was still squeaking it's like. Ugh. But then that's when uh, Jake hears the sound of roach approach. So the roach approach is coming towards him. He. uh is trying to negotiate with the roaches. He's telling them to leave him alone. He has a gun, you know, and then he goes to his cot in his like little tent and like covers himself up with a blanket. Like, ah, oh, Jake, I know you have a couple of screws loose, buddy, but that's not going to help you. And, like your entire tent is open to the outside. Uh, and he starts getting devoured in a pretty gruesome manner. <laughs> like you see like blood all over his like long underwear and like, just like covering him. And then uh, his like, he's yelling for someone to call the police, but uh, the only people who can hear him are roaches and they don't know how to work phones yet. Um, and then we just have an entire arm, a bloody arm, just fall off the car, the cot and just fall on the ground. It's like a pretty gnarly effect, except the cut is way too clean for roach pincers. So yeah, suspension of disbelief, but it is a pretty other than that, though, it looks like an actual arm was just plopped on the ground. Just kind of gross. Um, well, I think this is like the first time that you're like, like you, you get the I don't know I, I I'll save I'll save this criticism but like this is the first time where you're like okay they're not showing them really and you were like okay are these big bugs or are they little bugs and to me this was the first scene that I'm like okay why aren't they big bugs or why aren't there a ton of little bugs like, it was just weird for me I think it's but, always supposed to be a ton of little bugs but they don't show for it for sure it's just the right. perspective that you're supposed to know Correct. I think because it's like they're always coming in at a low angle to whoever they're coming in at. But it, yeah, it, it's just weird because he's like running and he sees them. And it's like they're little. But I think there's a lot like, of them. I I, I know, but they, but they never like deliver on that. Cause I know why they don't deliver because you'll get into it later. But I, I Well, they only show it well, like once. Once, yeah. Well, in the house, twice. Okay, twice. They show it twice. Yeah. 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 But I think it's just because you can't get roaches to look like they're actually roaching like that. Like they're actually swarming right. for sure. Uh, but anyways, it's the morning and Richard is able to stop Homer on his moped this time. And it's such a weird exchange. Like there's so many like non sequitur exchanges throughout this movie. So he's trying to get Homer to spray his place, but Homer's going on like a long tirade about uh, how dangerous Alaska is. And it's like, how long do you think a naked man could survive in Alaska yeah, in the summer? It was weird. And then, like, the sheriff's like, hey, dude, I just want you to spray my place. And he's like, the answer is 20 minutes because you'll be sucked dry by mosquitoes. And I'm like, I'm a thousand percent sure that's not true. Right. But um, but Homer's like, no, I cannot spray your place, Sheriff, because I have to go spray the cabins. Uh, but then he just gives the, the, the uh, sheriff his roach spray gun and then 
mopeds off into the sunset. Back at the diner, we have some of the uh, earlier crowd. You have Cy Perkins gossiping with a woman about the dead dog. And the other two locals are gossiping about Elizabeth's return after four years. But they uh, shut up as soon as Lillian gets there due to the love triangle we're now in for some reason. So, yeah, ever, then Richard comes in and uh, Lillian, obviously angry with him, wordlessly and like aggressively switches out his coffee thermos. Uh, and everyone else also shut up when he walked in. So, like, like, what is it? Richard says something like, oh, awfully quiet in here today. But then, of course, the tension is cut like a knife by our man, uh, Church, the dipshit cook, who just comes in and says, hey, Sheriff, I hear Elizabeth is back. How long's it been? <laughs> so, yeah, Lillian yells at him, tells him to go make a Denver omelet yesterday. That being slang for immediately, not that he wanted her or she wanted him to have made it yesterday. Um, right. Yeah. And then the sheriff is uh, fortunately saved from this awkwardness by his beeper saved by the bell. Am I right? Anyhow. Um, uh, the, uh, another plane lands and this is a woman who introduces herself to Elias. Um, so he actually went to get her this time. He did not have the sheriff go get her. And it's kind of a funny exchange because, uh, she calls him mayor Johnson and he says, Oh, call me Elias. We're not that formal on this Island. She's like, Oh, well you can call me Dr. Hubbard. And he's like, okay, I guess we can change it. Cause like, she's just like being very formal. Um, then we get to the mayor's house. Uh, you know, he's like, Richard is there. I guess that they're all going to go over together to the site of the deceased canine. Um, and he's explaining to Richard, uh, that Dr. Hubbard needs to see the dead dog. Uh, Richard says Simpson's ready to go hunt tracks. And the mayor is again, cagey and like, no, 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 no. We're just going to take Dr. Hubbard out there. It's kind of a interesting exchange because Richard asks Dr. Hubbard if she's ever hunted. And she says often, in a flirty way. I'm like, are you serious? Like, how can Richard be like catnip to all these women? That's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> and it gets weirder later. It gets like, weirder. I, I, yes. Because like she for sure is into him, but it never like comes to fruition. No, <laughs> it doesn't come to fruition, but I'm sure she couldn't have predicted that. Right. Um, yeah, they arrive at the uh, site of the, oh, there's a little incident there that I didn't put in my notes that was, that kind of stood out there where, uh, when introducing Dr. Hubbard to the sheriff, he the the mayor says what like he sort of inherited the job from his father, like mm -hmm. trying to downplay like Richard's place in the community. There's a lot of like stuff between them, <laughs> like probably based on the fact that he used to date Elizabeth back in the day. But uh, the mayor definitely does not like the sheriff, which is interesting because isn't, isn't sheriff like an elected position? You think with his money yes. and influence, the mayor would be able to like mount another candidate against him well so the thing is it can be appointed so if there's a death or like a like so if he caught the cycle outside of the election it can be appointed it just seemed like enough time had passed based on richard's earlier conversation with elizabeth about it that it had been a bit it was only four years so yeah i guess it depends on yeah, i don't know how often sheriffs are elected i guess yep oh well um no need to worry about that because we're going to go look at a dead dog. Um, uh, they, they arrive at the corpse site. Richard pulls back the tarp they've wrapped around the dog. And Dr. Hubbard uh, seems to dig in with glee. She is so excited about this dead dog. 
And uh, what, what what is their exchange here? It's kind of funny. Richard is like, so have you ever had a dog? And she's like, I have n- now or something like that. Or not until now. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> this lady uh, <laughs> has got the creep factor up to like 11. Um, Richard gets a beep. So he goes back to the truck. It's Millie on the line explaining that uh, Jenny Pennington, who she describes as the dits working at Perkins Market, which, as we know, is Mrs. Pennington's niece, um, has some kind of problem with the meat at the store. Uh, Then Richard is trying to be covert and asks Millie to look into Dr. Morgan Hubbard and what capacity she works with uh, in tech. And then Mm -hmm. Millie's like, "Uh, Morgan Hubbard, is that even a real name? It's like, is that even a very strange name? Like, her name's Millie. His name's Richard Tarbell. How is Morgan Hubbard a weirder name than any of those? I don't know. Uh, But then uh, while Richard is away, uh, Elias is asking Hubbard if it's them. And uh, Hubbard uh, is looking on happily uh, as though it is them, whatever them is. Spoiler alert. Mm -hmm. It's the, the murder cockroaches. Smash cut to a supermarket. Jenny is explaining excitedly that she's watching the market while Perkins is off fishing, but she's where she's going to get in trouble. Cause all the meat has been eaten down to the bone, Jane to the bone, to the bone. And our man, our man, Sheriff being the crack detective, he is notices some more of those strange, like seed looking pellets that he saw in the dog. Huh? Could it be the same thing? Um, although they have a weird exchange where he's like, could it be a, like a children's prank? And she's like, even when I lived in the dorms, people wouldn't like prank each other by stealing all the meat off their bones. It's like, yeah, dude, like who has the time? I barely had the time to fill someone's room up with balloons in the fraternity house when I was a young one. Um, back at the Intech trailer, Hubbard is setting up a trap to send out a pulse that will attract the roaches. Um, and then she goes to get some bait when she notices a local cat. And says, oh, never mind. We don't need bait. Because she's evil, Shane. If you weren't sure if she was evil by how excited she was about being confronted with a, uh, like, defleshified dog, she Mm -hmm. captures a cat and puts it into the trap to attract roaches to murder it. She is a monster. So not only do we get a dead dog in this, but we also get a dead cat. So, gross. Elias and Dr. Hubbard are sitting on either side of the trap area. Um, but then we hear the roach approach. Um, both of them stand up and watch as it arrives. So they clearly see it in a way we don't like we get it best, like the movement of grass to show that the swarm is there. Um, Dr. Hubbard using some weird remote opens the trap. Uh, the roaches go in and start devouring the cat. Uh, they do show the cat being eaten, but luckily it's, so obviously a puppet cat covered in fake blood that it's not upsetting. Cause I was really worried. I was going to see more dead animal stuff. Like, I can- well, the cat death scene was crazy. And then, yeah, it just like, I feel like, I don't know. I'll, I'll get in. I have other criticisms for, of this. So I'll, I'll get there. No, no. What do you have? Uh, what do you, would you want no, to No, It's just like, like where we're at. It's clearly movie. a fake, fake cat. It's a puppet cat. Yeah. But like what happens to the cat? Like, uh, it takes a long time to pay off, right? Yes. I think I know what you're going yeah. for. So, yeah. Yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yep. Um. Yeah. Dr. Hubbard is like, yo, I need a place to work. And Elias is like, I got the perfect place. Abandoned lighthouse. 
So he said they go to the lighthouse and he sets her up in there. Um, he's talked to talking to her about uh, his concerns about what's going on. Uh, but she's too interested in the roaches um, and just keeps talking about their behavior. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember what it is. She's like talking about how they aren't afraid of the light and how they act as a society rather than like individuals, like all this weird stuff. But luckily we get a cut to Homer at Lillian's diner. Um, he's over there doing some extermination work and uh, she's getting kind of, uh, what is it? She says, are you almost done exterminating? He's like, I am a pest control agent. It's impossible to exterminate a species that has been around for 25 million years. It's like, <laughs> oh man, this guy would be good at Jeopardy. Um, but their little debate is broken up as Elizabeth comes into the diner. And this is a pretty fun exchange where Lillian uh, asks uh, if Beth's going to be staying around. And she, um, like Beth is like, I don't know. I haven't decided. And Lillian goes in his whole tirade. It's like, I serve eggs to yokels. I'm on the 40 side of 30. I have a dad who hangs out in a dump. And when you're not around, the only man in town worth walking across the street uh, for comes to see me. Says so like, oh, man, she's laying it down. Uh, and she also doesn't know her dad's already been devoured by roaches. <laughs> and then Ho- yeah, a little awkward. Well, no, the, the awkward part is how Homer's on the ground still. During this entire yeah. thing, like looking around and Lillian asked me, he's done. It's like, yeah, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> like he says it like, yeah, like eight times and just goes to leave. And another guy just comes in and is like, you open. And like, then Elizabeth leaves. Like, what did Elizabeth even come in there for? She didn't get anything. Uh, small town politics. Or I guess not politics. Gossip. There's nothing political about that nonsense. Back to dead animal autopsy. Uh, Hubbard is going on and on about how much he admires the nymph cockroaches who are uh, uh, able to reproduce without males. Uh, I didn't have time to check if that's a real cockroach thing or if that's a fictional one, but it seems unlikely to me. Um, So she has uh, she gets a scalpel, starts cutting into the dead cat and like checking out roach stuff. But she's what uh, looking at her hand and there's like roaches crawling all over it. And she's like, I can feel them biting me through the glove. And Elias is like, well, then take your hand out. And she doesn't do it. She just like stares at it until he like pulls her hand out for her. And it's like covered in blood. It's like this lady is off her rocker. Like, I'll give you one thing. Like, if you have problems with some of the performances in this, her playing this like maniac scientist is it works. Um, So I thought I thought she was going to be the queen. Oh, how they talk about this Somehow. queen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I was kind of bummed that they didn't really like get, like, that could have been probably a pretty cool device. You know what I mean? That they could have used. No, nah, she's just more like a secondary antagonist. Right. Then we cut to an exciting side story of Beth going through her mother's boxes in the basement. Um, Probably the only interesting thing that happens here is there's roaches and she just ignores them. Mm, spoiler alert. I got to be able to ignore them forever. She sees an Intech folder that is talking about how a portion of the island has been marked off for Intech. So, yeah, so Beth is back in investigation mode and she goes back to that uh, no trespassing area we saw earlier out by where the dog was killed. Um, mm-hmm. And she like decides she's going to go under the wooden slat fence into the no trespassing area, not noticing there was like barbed wire there. So she gets her back like all cut up. And then she uh, well, she sees what look like chunks of dead animal and pokes him with a stick because, you know, why not? 
It's the American way, you know? Um, yeah. There's so many like cross cuts to this like events here. It's like, man, if we could have just gotten one of these scenes, just to last the duration of a scene back to the lighthouse, Elias has lost his patience and asks if Dr. Hubbard is going to kill them. Uh, she decides to try it out and uses something called retinone, which is apparently some kind of uh, pesticide. Uh, he asks her if she's going to spray the island. And she says that in this dosage, that is, uh, it is also lethal to humans. And this is when Elias finally gets that, like, oh, stuff's this is real. So he starts walking. He's like, I'm going to evacuate the island. This is ridiculous. And um, Dr. Hubbard is like, give me 24 hours. I can resolve this. He's like, no, you can't. Don't lie to me. Like, he's very adamant that she can't do it. And it's like, oh, is this going to be like the first good mayor of a small town since like Jaws came on the scene? Like every mayor is just the worst. Uh, no, he eventually relents to her and decides to go with 24 more hours, which will result in the devouring of most of his citizenry. Elizabeth uh, goes to a cave that also has additional wooden plank fencing on it. Uh, she moves past that as well and goes into the cave. Um, and now we see why she wants to be there. There's like a heart with her and Richard's names in it, uh, uh, spray painted in the, on the wall and a box of their old stuff. Um, which again, there's tons of roaches in that stuff and she just doesn't seem to care. She picks it up. Then we go back to, uh, what looks like a highway, which seems like a big road for this kind of Island, but it's uh sheriff Richard, uh, pulling over Homer on his moped to show him one of the pellets uh, that he gotten off of the dog and off of the uh, the meat from the from Perkins Market, um, and then we get a cool situation where what Homer uh, looks at it, smells it, puts it in his mouth, and then reveals that it's roach shit. So, <laughs> way to go, Homer! You're doing the Lord's work. Um, over the radio, uh, though, um, Millie is calling the sheriff while he's still with Homer, and she's explaining what she learned about Doctor Hubbard. Nothing from Intec. They were not cooperative. But Mrs. Pennington had a book of who's who in medicine that apparently didn't have the bindings eaten out by local roaches. So thank you, Serendipity. And explains the uh, the stuff they know about Dr. Hubbard. And during this conversation, it cuts to the, the lighthouse where Dr. Hubbard and the mayor are listening in on the radio conversation. So they have a radio there. So they're just like listening as Millie is explaining that Dr. Hubbard was what kicked out of MIT for doing illegal experiments and all sorts of stuff. You know, Homer is like, what kind of experiments are illegal? It's like, Homer, sir, you know what human rights are. Like, you know what, what can be illegal. Dr. Hubbard is annoyed and asks Elias if he finds the local sheriff to be as much of a pest as she does. It's like, so it seems like her attraction to him might be over, right? No. She still will do other things later to seemingly try to get closer to the sheriff. Um, so then we get a roach view camera um, uh, as uh, we get a roach approach from the entrance of the cave. The roach approach is getting closer, and I don't think Elizabeth sees them. Uh, but as she's backing away, she backs into uh, huge flesh sacks that are hanging from the top of the cave. Pretty gross looking. They look like big old nuts or something. I don't know. They're gross looking. Um, yeah. They were like, yeah, I, I yeah, yeah. That was, weird. That was an interesting thing for roaches to have. Uh, so she runs to the end of the cave and manages to find a small hole that she's able to climb through. 
and get to the outside, just as the roach approach based on the camera was getting to her. And like, uh, I assure you, roaches can climb up the side of a cave. Like they are not going to be stopped by the fact that she pulled herself up to a ledge and crawled through a window, a cave window, but a window nonetheless. Uh, ben said, this is our first ever time seeing the roach swarm. And it's just a bunch of roaches running in every direction because they don't have a hive mind and run in the same direction. So obviously they're not going to be good for this swarm effect. So that's like, that's our first time seeing what the roach approach looks like when it gets to you. It's just a bunch of roaches. I don't know. I just kind of wish they were bigger bugs. Yeah. I kind of wish they just done big fake looking bugs and not yeah, done. Right. Yeah. Not done like. They're actually a swarm of little realistic bugs, and then we only get to see them every once in a while. Yeah, or have shown the swarm a ton, right? Yeah. I think the yeah. problem is, is it's hard to make it look good in scale, so they can only really mm-hmm. show it when it's away from people because the, there's no sense of scale, so they could be any size. Right. Um, what is it then? Um, oh, yeah, so we cut to a bunch of angry roaches, like the first time we see them. I said they're angry just because they're running in every direction. Like they're angry. They failed to climb up a wall uh, back at the mayor's house. Elias is tending to Beth. Who's all scraped up from her experience uh, while Richard is angrily talking about getting a group together and go to the caves. And Elias is like, you'll do no such thing. Those roaches are dangerous. And, but he also says that the problem is under control. It's very funny how Elias is like, it's too dangerous. Also, everything's under control. Like, well, which is it, buddy? Uh, Dr. Hubbard explains that she wasn't kicked out of MIT, but left voluntarily. Uh, and then goes on one of those long, like villainous scientist speeches about how, uh, what there will one day be no need for pesticides or chemicals when genetic engineering solves it all. (laughs) And she says that she did do some experiments at Northport, but she does not want to disclose what they are. Uh, and then by tomorrow it'll be over and everyone should just trust her. Spoiler alert. I don't think anyone trusts her. And then Beth tries to pull the daughter card and get her father to explain what's going on. And if there's nothing to worry about, why not go to the caves? And Elias is like, just trust me. So we have evil scientists saying, uh, trust me. And you have corrupt mayors saying, trust me. So the only thing left is to trust them, right? Right. No, Beth and Richard leave. Uh, and, on to, <laughs> and on the way out, uh, Richard says uh, to the mayor, uh, my father always told me that this day would come. And he hoped that I would be ready to deal with it when it did. And he like hands over his badge. So, oh no, he just quit being sheriff. Even though later he's basically reinstated by the fact that the mayor keeps calling him sheriff. Anyways, out back of Lillian's diner, we get church coming out to throw some trash into the local dumpster. Um, And then he also has like a little makeshift basketball hoop so he can throw trash uh, through the hoop. Like he's playing NBA jam. For the Sega Genesis. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's like tossing stuff in. But he notices. Oh this dumpster has a lot of stuff in it. The only thing left to do is to stomp that stuff down. So like, that's why I'm glad when anytime I've worked somewhere. I had to throw trash into a dumpster. We had a compactor. It's like let that do the work. I do not want to step on trash. Um, <laughs> but yeah as he's jumping up and down. On the trash in the dumpster. He's going ow. Like something's like biting him. And as like, I would get out on the first owl because I could have been being stabbed by like a hypodermic needle or something. Um, but he doesn't care. He's seen it all, right? Oh no, what does he see next? His bloody arm with some fingers missing as roaches are on it, devouring it. Uh, he messed up, Shane. He messed up. He messed up. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he uh, then what? He 
falls and is then devoured by the roaches in the dumpster. And he kicks up a fuss about it, but Lillian's not close enough to see it. Uh, she's out front, you know, using her broom to dust the sidewalk because the sidewalk definitely needs that. And then she gets sad because she sees the sheriff drive by with Elizabeth in the vehicle. And it's like, did we really need this gut punch emotionally to see her like sad because her what she thought was her boyfriend is now two time here with his ex. Yeah. She's like sweeping. Yeah. And she like hangs her head sadly. I'm like, what? I didn't need this in my fun roach murder movie. So what is it? We're back to Elias, you know, trying to control the situation. He's trying to call Hauser at Intech, uh, but Hauser won't speak with them. And he leaves like a rather mean message about how he, Oh, he better call. We got some stuff to talk about. Uh, back at Richards, uh, Beth gets out of the shower. Uh, she needs a shirt because hers is covered in blood. Uh, so he, you know, picks up a few and smells them and then finally finds one that I guess doesn't smell too bad and gives it to her. It's like, ah, relatable, having clothes on the floor and making sure that it's clean. Been there. I'm just like the sheriff, except for the uh, wooing every woman on a small island thing. Um, <laughs> and then so apparently this is kind of an interesting fact. So the actress was apparently supposed to do like a nude scene for the shower scene. And she stood her ground. and was like, I did one. I didn't want to do it then. I felt exploited by the producers then. I don't want to do it now. And the producers tried to pressure into it and she stood her ground and she was able to avoid it. So like good on her. Cause there's like, like I said, there's some, like we've said before, there's some actors that are com- actresses that are comfortable with it. There's some that are not. And it's good that she was able to stand her ground and you know, the producers back down as they should do you, always. Do you think that has something to do with who produced this? Who, who produced it? Joe, it was Julie Corman, right? Yeah. And not, not Roger Corman. Yeah. Do you think that's the difference? I don't know, man. Julie Corman's produced some smut too. So it's kind of hard to tell, but it might be, it could be, she might've been more willing to hear it. Like the plight. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to hope so, but yeah. Yeah. Um. So where were we? Oh yeah. This is Richard. Richard's talking with uh, Beth and is like, uh, you know, your father's a pain in the ass, but I couldn't imagine him doing anything to endanger Northport. And she's like, you don't know my dad too well. And then explains that like, while she was looking through her mom's stuff, she found her mother's suicide note and that her mom didn't die from an accident, but by suicide, but her dad covered it up because he didn't want their reputation to be affected. Like, Oh man, this is heavy. This is like the, this is like the Christmas speech that Phoebe Cates gives in gremlins. Like I didn't need, Again, like another time where this movie's confronting me with like tonally inconsistent dramatic events. Like, give me more roaches, please. So, like, why didn't they have her be like a scientist and the roaches killed her? What was that? Like, why? Why? I don't know why the suicide. I don't know why they just didn't have the roaches kill her. Well, I don't think there were roaches yet. So, well, like I'm saying, like they could have made her like a scientist, and she's like, that's how he knows because she like was in on it. That's why they're there. Well, I assume that like the wife suicide is kind of what put, uh, the mayor on this tear of like, I have to do better for society. I have to do everything I can for society and my community and at any yeah. cost. And then like he flies too close to the sun deals with in tech who do not have the same scruples. Thanks to our, uh, you know, Dr. Hubbard here. Uh, so 
kind of bites him in the ass. But I do think he ultimately probably had good intentions. Um, mm-hmm. But no, I think the suicide is there's probably a reason for it. It's just like, oh, this is jarring. What was it? One more section in this scene. Uh, I did miss you, Richard. I missed you starting to make out. Uh, but then we cut. We move to the bathroom where her bloody shirt has additional roaches on it. So could be more roach stuff going on. I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, smash cut cross town to Jake's junkyard. Homer's arriving on his moped with checkers and moonshine to apparently play checkers and drink moonshine with Jake. Uh, however, uh, you know, he gets into Jake's tent and Jake is not responding. And he's like, yeah, you got to wake up. You, you goofy goober, you like, um, but then he pulls the sleeping bag to the side or the blanket or whatever it is to reveal Jake's like half eaten face covered in roaches. Uh, and then what Homer flees. And but when he gets to his moped, there's like three roaches on his moped seat. So he's like, I'll go on foot and just runs. Like just brush off those three roaches, dude. They aren't swarming it yet. But you know, Homer, Homer does things different. He's built different. Um, built different. Built different. But then anyways, uh, Elias uh, is finally on the phone with Hauser. Uh, and uh, Hauser's asking if he's, are you, are you overreacting? Are you sure that these roaches are dangerous? And the mayor's like, hey, brother, if these roaches get to the mainland, nothing will stop them. So you better fix them here. Um, you know, back at Richard's house, uh, he and Beth are in bed together, you know, in the like covered in a blanket in a way that covers all of the important nudity. Uh, Cause they just had intercourse. Uh, he tells her not to go to LA and she says, come with me because you owe me. And then he goes, she goes to like that slip of paper. She pulled from the box in the cave and it's like an IOU from their younger. Um, she knew what she was doing. Yeah. 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 She's, she knows what she's about. She's a, she had a plan. Yeah, She's her father's daughter. She's a sly one. Um, and he's like, uh, I'll go anywhere you go, darling. And then they kiss uh, until suddenly there are roaches literally everywhere. <laughs> like they open the toilet, the tank to the toilet, and it's just filled to the brim with roaches. It's like, yeah. that's too many roaches. That's simply too many roaches. There's so many roaches. Yeah. But fortunately, uh, elsewhere, uh, we find our, uh, the young woman, Jenny. Uh, walking with like, it looks like it's breakfast food. Is it like pancakes or waffles or something? It's definitely something covered in syrup, which we know for sure is true. Yeah. Roaches love syrup. Well, well, well they like sugar because they're bugs. I mean, I, I don't actually know that, but Jenny is like, has, she has like some wireless radio headphones on that are really loud and she's wearing like a, a nighty. Um, that's why I thought she was the one on the cover of the thing. Cause I thought that, they were doing their interpretation of her night clothes, but she's carrying a tray of food for her aunt, uh, Mrs. Pennington. And she just keeps dropping stuff, which the floor looks so gross. Like I've never seen a more re- realistically gross looking floor in a movie in a long time. <laughs> um, so, uh, she brings the food to her aunt. Um, and, uh, what is it? Mrs. Pennington is asking her, is like, did you make a mess? She's like, oh, no, of course I didn't. If I did, I'd clean it up. And she's like, oh, I doubt that. Meanwhile, Jenny's like feet are covered in syrup. And there's this like syrup tracks leading all the way into the room. And she keeps like 
rubbing her foot against her leg where the in covering her leg in syrup. And I'm like, dude, that's so gross. Like, there's no way you can feel that and be comfortable. Like, you know, you've known me for a long time, Shane. And you know, one of my hangups is having sticky skin. I don't like it. The idea that someone right. could just casually have sticky feet because of syrup and tracked it into the entire room is ridiculous. Like, I believe in the possibility of a killer swarm of roaches more than I believe that someone can have syrupy feet and be fine with it. No, absolutely not. Zero percent chance. So what I thought was interesting was like her dad's thing. He said, oh, I know how to get rid of roaches or bugs. Don't leave food around or whatever. And it's like, oh, here it is. Yeah. Jenny could have used that advice. Yeah. But what Jenny then goes and, and then we have a little bit where it's clear that Jenny can't hear her aunt. She just keeps going. What? She's like, that'll make you deaf. What? It's like, just get out of here. You. So Jenny goes into the bathroom, which is looks like it's an ensuite bathroom to her aunt's bedroom, which is kind of weird. Um, mm-hmm. Doesn't matter because she's listening to that and she's like looking at a magazine. that's like hairstyles or something and like playing with her hair. And she can't hear that. Mrs. Pennington is yelling for her. And why is she yelling at her? Well, uh, there were roaches in her bed. We hear the roach approach. Don't worry. We always hear the roach approach. The roach approach is happening, but I don't think Mrs. Pennington can hear it because her TV is so loud. She doesn't notice until the roaches are in her bed. Um, She's kind of like kicking around trying to get the roaches off. She has a broken foot and the roaches are like in her cast eating her feet. And there's like blood coming out of it, which is pretty gnarly. That kind of, it was, yeah, that's, yeah, it's messed up. And like, and she's yelling for Jenny, but it's like, okay, Jenny can't hear you, but what's she going to (laughs) do? Like these roaches kill so many people. Uh, But then we get back to Mrs. Pennington. The roaches are all over her body. They're crawling up her. And then finally we get a cut of, uh, roaches pouring out of her mouth. And then I think she's done Zilla. She's out. She's toast, bro. So yeah, she's dead. And then it just kind of cuts to the light of at the bottom of the bathroom. And the roaches are kind of walking at like bathroom level. So it's implied that Jenny's killed, but we don't actually see her death at the, uh, hands or antennae of these roaches. So, um, back at the lighthouse, uh, uh, Dr. Hubbard's going through her notes on roach stuff. Uh, when she goes, she's like, ah, oh, I'll have a look at one of the egg capsules. Uh, so she, uh, cause she wanted to look at the eggs of the roaches they killed with the, uh, re- the retinone, the, the supposed, um, what do you call right. it? Uh, pesticide they're going to use, pesticide, yeah. but the eggs have hatched. They're entirely roached. They're roached up. So she gathers that the new generation of roaches, once they're gassed are going to be immune. Well, then we get to the beach. I'm kind of confused about this because we don't actually see where the sheriff went after they found all the roaches in the, his house. Right. Right. That was the last scene we saw them is finding all the roaches in his toilet bowl. But, right. but now he's at the beach loading up the bodies of Roger and the tourist girl. Oh, he gets a radio call. Oh, did he get a radio call? When they were, okay, yeah. Okay. Okay. And they're like, Oh, Hey, bad news. Cause he was like, Something else was happening, and he was like saying, "Hold on," and he was arguing, and they're like, "Hey, we found the bodies." Okay, so that was after that. I must have just not put it in my notes because, like, yeah. honestly, this movie's so rich with incident despite like very little happening in it. Right. <laughs> so yeah, they go there to load up the bodies of the tourist girl uh, and uh, Roger, the other person, into the back of Perkins' truck. 
then this is where I put my notes. Oh, Perkins is the side that was arguing with the mayor earlier. I didn't notice it uh, all the times I've seen this movie until the, I was taking notes about it. The mayor back on the phone with Hauser still like what a call, man. This thing they've been on the line forever, uh, making plans for if he can't evacuate the island. Uh, the call is going poorly because the connection is bad. Uh, because roaches understand phone lines, Shane, and they're working on cutting the phone they lines. Do. But luckily, uh, the mayor is able to convince Hauser that if the lighthouse beam is on, do not spray because the town is not evacuated. He gets the message out before the roaches are able to fully devour the phone lines and cut them off. Perkins, he's driving his truck. It doesn't notice that there's roaches emerging from the corpses of the two people in his in the back of his truck. Uh, he has his windows down because it is a bracing 62 degrees. Um the roaches, uh, immune to wind resistance, are crawling along the side of his uh, door up his handle to his open window. Uh, and they start to bite him. And they bite him pretty quick. They usually work a little more deliberately than this, but they knew they had a bridge coming up, so they had to be quick about it. Uh, mm-hmm. So they bite him up so much that he drives his truck over the side of a bridge and it explodes. So that's it. That's the end of Perkins. RIP to a real one. Um, granted, he didn't even get his own uh, explosion. That was stock footage from Humanoids from the Deep, one of Roger Corman's movies. Oh shit! Which, by the way, we will probably not watch on this one. I'm just telling you right now. Okay. That movie is gross. Gotcha. Um, where were we at? Oh, Lillian's Diner. So here's a tonally inconsistent situation. So. She's doing battle with cockroaches while a playful version of La Cucaracha is going on in the background. Which, by the way, the this the singer is actually the director of the movie, Terrence. Uh, what is it? Uh, Terrence. Wink- Wait, that's Winkle him. West. That's him singing that. Yeah, singing that song. Oh, okay. He didn't write that. Though, no, right? no, 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 no. Oh, okay. he's just singing this oh, version okay. of it. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine it's got to be public domain. It's like an old song, right? So yeah, um, for sure. But yeah, he he he's singing it though. And it's like a bunch of like crazy, ridiculous things of her, like, you know, getting some roaches on a burger, throwing the burger in the microwave and then microwaving them and they explode then pouring coffee, hot coffee on some of them and then smashing one with her like spatula and uh, putting a bunch of them in the fryer with a bunch of fries and then turning on a blender where a bunch of them are. It's like she's just using all of her tools at her disposal to kill all these roaches. (laughs) And she's like talking to them. It's like, here, sir, would you like a refill on your coffee? And it's like pouring hot coffee on these roaches. It's like nothing will stop them. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I think the ones that exploded in the microwave are dead and probably the ones that were blended. Yeah, probably. That's I don't think like the hot coffee would do it, though. That's fair. Um, but yeah, on the radio, uh, the mayor, um, who has been at his house this whole time, obviously, um, it contacts Hubbard, tells her, yo, I'm calling it. We're evacuating the island. So that Intech can spray. Um, but Hubbard now drops the bomb that, uh, spoiler alert, the eggs uh, will become immunized if you do. So you'll make unkill- unkillable murderous roaches if you do that. So then he tells Hubbard, well, you better turn on that lighthouse beam because that's the signal. And Hubbard like is kind of sassy about it. It's like, oh, that's so quaint, Mayor. It's like, what do you want him to do? Like, how's he supposed to signal to them whether or not they should? Right. It's the beak. It's like the, you know, Fires a Gondor, dude. You're not going to miss it. Um, Back at the house, uh, Homer, or at his house, at his house, Homer's got his own little house. Sorry. Back at his house, 
Homer is putting together a new chemical cocktail exclusively for his new nemeses, these murderous roaches that took his checkers bud. Um, he says, I killed your father, I killed your grandfather, and I'll kill you. He's very, very dramatic about it. However, he doesn't notice that he knocked over one of his bottles of chemicals uh, as he's going through his chemicals. And then he throws a cigarette on the floor of his own home, as you do, as you do when you're done with your cigarette, right? Typical. Yeah. yeah and he notices that he threw his lit cigarette into one of the uh, chemicals and then runs away just as his house explodes. Um, well, then then later blames the roaches for it. It's like, dude, we all saw. <laughs> hey, man, he's trying to set up for the insurance claim. <laughs> it's, yeah, really. But also, uh, spoiler alert, another scene that is stock footage from humanoids from the deep. So interesting. Yeah, I know. Where was I back at the lighthouse? Oh, yeah. Dr. Hubbard finds that she doesn't know how to work a lighthouse uh, and thus hasn't gotten the beam going um, back at the house. Um the mayor's daughter arrives to ask what's going on. And he tells her to pack her stuff up. We're evacuating this Island. Um, Richard, uh, meanwhile has gone to the police station cause he can't raise Millie on the radio. Uh, and this is where we get our first introduction to Millie, but it's mostly a, an arm, <laughs> a bloody arm holding a cigarette. You can kind of see mm. a chunk of other flesh behind it, but the real part you see is the arm. So Millie was chowed down on and honestly, no big loss. Millie was kind of weird. Um, yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that one's fine. <laughs> I'm cool with that one. Um, yeah, I was quick. I mean, you know, yeah. get it out of there. <laughs> uh, I just, I can't believe she didn't drop her cigarette. She's getting eaten by roaches. I know. Champ. <laughs> Dedi- what a champ. Dedicated man. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, then, uh, Richard goes to, uh, Lillian's diner. We find it as we left it. Uh, microwave is running blenders running, you know, coffee everywhere. Uh, but he's not finding Lillian anywhere. And then he walks into the walk-in freezer and find that she had locked herself in there and frozen to death. Whoa. Yeah. Which, like I said, yeah, is like, what a dark. jarring shift in, like, we last time we saw her, it was a goofy, like, La Cucaracha, her doing stuff against these roaches, and now she's frozen to death in order to avoid them. It's like, hey, cool. Really like that. Yeah, she's also super sad about her douchebag boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah, and then what is it? He's... <laughs> so... Okay, so I put this in my notes, and you take it how you want to. So he he what he tells her sleep in peace, d- darling, or whatever, and kisses her on the head, and he like acts like he's all broken up about it. But what did he not do? Check for a pulse. She might still yeah, be alive. He, he really he really didn't do anything. He did not. He's just like sleep in peace and kisses her head. He's like, I'm sorry, baby. And then like, he's like, check for a pulse, bro. She could like be able to be saved. It's a bracing 62 degrees outside. You could take her out, but he doesn't bother. And anyways, he's coming out of the freezer and then the freezer door gets bumped and he comes out with his gun, but it's Homer. And that's when Homer says, the roaches killed Jake and blew up my house. (laughs) It's like, Hey man, it's like, what do you need a police report so that you can file the insurance claim? Uh, but then he also says the whole town is dead, which I find hard to believe the entire town is dead. But I feel like they just don't want to pay any more extras. Um, Dude, I have thoughts about this. Do you want to talk about them now or do you want to talk about them later? No, later, because it's very important. But audience, just keep a pin in like the whole town is dead. Okay. Well, you had a couple yeah. other things you wanted me to put a pin in too. Are you going to be able to keep track of all these pins? It's all the same pin. That's a hell of a pin. That's a hell of a pin. Um. Back at the lighthouse, uh, 
Richard uh, goes in with Homer uh, and they, what is it? He tells Dr. Hubbard that he wishes she were a man, I guess, so he could punch her. But instead he pulls his gun on her and puts it in her throat. I'm like, uh, <laughs> how is this less violent? That's how we treat women on this island. Yeah, we don't, we don't punch them. We just put a gun to them. We don't strike women. We just threaten their lives. But then, and then he asks the famous question, why are the roaches killing people and how do we stop them? Probably the best line in the movie is like, yeah, dude, I think that like we've all wondered these things. Buddy, you're like an hour late. Well, a day and <laughs> like six hours probably. Yeah, this late. man doesn't even know. Yeah. Um, then we get some cross cutting uh, between Dr. Hubbard explaining to Richard and Homer and Elias explaining the same thing to Beth. Um, essentially mm -hmm. it's like what an alternative to pesticides intact created roaches that eat other roaches they're supposed to die out after one generation but they didn't um, then Dr. Hubbard is like oh they're either becoming intelligent or there's a queen meaning there's a nest um, Dr. Hubbard is momentarily oh wait no before I go into this what was that movie where this was the same plot but later <laughs> I couldn't remember and I was trying I was hoping you would but um, one thing that she said earlier, and I can't remember if you brought this up, if you did, I'm sorry, but she brought up the fact that they can reproduce without having to have a, without so males. Yeah. 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 Did you, did you bring that up? I did. I did. Okay, cool. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Because it's important. This is getting important soon. Yes. But yeah. I remember the movie though. Thank you for vamping for a second because it's mimic. Yep. Yes. Mimic. The yes. movie like about the roaches in New York that they bred that mimics things. Well, they first bred them to. Cause there's like a disease that was spreading through roaches. So they created a version of roach that kills other roaches so that they don't spread the disease. But then those mm -hmm. roaches eventually evolve into roaches that can mimic humans or something like, I don't know. It's been a while, but I'm pretty sure that's the plot of mimic mimic aside. Well, then there's like men in black, but cause there's a bug in it. Well, the, the main guy's a roach. Yeah. He's a, yeah. I mean, he's a, yeah, he's a roach. You're right. He's a bug. There's also a bug's life. Without Billy Crystal. <laughs> uh, Back to the ants bugs life. <laughs> well, it's neither. So no, it isn't. Yeah, it's monsters, Inc. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, solid callback. Back to it. Well, this is a better one to talk about that. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but then Dr. Hubbard is briefly impressed by Homer who, uh, you know, he's like, Oh, if there's, is either, if there's a queen, then there's a nest and all that. And, you know, uh, he introduces himself as Homer P. Byram, uh, independent pest control agent. It's the first time we get his full name. Um, then back at the Elias's house, like I said, there's a lot of cross cutting here. Um, you know, obviously his daughter's upset with him. He's like, I didn't start World War Three or anything or I like I didn't, you know, like poison everybody. I just gave Intech space to work. So they'd invest on the island. And I thought Beth was a little out of pocket here. She says, like. Uh, he, you did the same thing to Northport that you did to my mother. You destroyed them. <laughs> it's like, geez, lady. <laughs> like, I really think he had good intentions here. He just got taken advantage of by an evil scientist. It happens. Yeah, and they never really like expound on what did he do to her mom? Her mom that was so, yeah, yeah right. like there's a lot of reasons for like not like not a lot of reasons like it's okay to do, but there's a lot of things that precipitate why people do things like that. A lot of times it's mental illness and like mental illness here in the United States today in the modern area of modern psychological care is bad. Like well, back in the eighties is probably dreadful. Right. So 
I think she's, that's why I said, she, I think she's a little out of pocket here, but it doesn't matter because the lights flicker because the roaches are cutting the power. Um, don't worry about that. We're going to go back to the lighthouse where Homer and Richard are having one of those uh, walk around in a circle moments, you know, where they go walk in a circle and talk about what they need to do while Dr. Hubbard just sits there and watches them. Um, yeah, they break down all of the knowledge they have about the spraying, how it'll kill the remaining humans. It'll make the eggs immune. It'll destroy the earth. What yada, yada, yada. Uh, and then, you know, after she nods, they all go upstairs and they do something they can fix, which is turn on the lighthouse light, presumably. Back at Elias's house, he goes to the basement to turn on the emergency generator. After he does that, he goes to the breaker box, but it's full of roaches. They've learned how power is made. Uh, so he runs upstairs and he and Beth uh, try to put blankets under the doors to the basement to stop the roaches from coming in. And they're starting their battle with the roaches now. Um, what is it? Uh, Elias calls uh, Richard on the radio because they're under attack from roaches. Dr. Hubbard hears it, though, from upstairs at the light. And this is the moment where I'm like, I think she's trying to get rid of the mayor and his daughter so she can keep the sheriff to herself because she, uh, yeah, yeah. Cause she, she goes down and says, uh, um, you know, he won't tell Richard that Elias is calling and just says, Hey, uh, how about instead you use fire extinguishers and CO2 will slow down those roaches. Yeah. Roaches. And then Homer, yeah, Homer and Richard are working the light. And then, uh, when Dr. Hubbard gets back up there, he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to go call and check up on Beth. And Dr. Hubbard's like, oh, I just talked to them. They said they're fine. And she said she loves you. I'm like, oh, Dr. Hubbard, you psychopath. Well, like even later, he's like, you have no emotions. Like, why would I trust you? But it's just like in this scene, he's like, yeah, that tracks. Yeah, okay, I trust you. <laughs> like, like, there's no way that she would like deliver that message if it was given to her. So, um, but downstairs, we get a brief cut to the, uh, the dead of the, the dead cat, which is kind of in a, pupa looking thing is starting to open up and like goo is coming out of it mm -hmm. i bet you something's gonna happen but we have to deal with more cross cutting in the meantime uh elias and beth notice that roaches are coming in through the chimney so they start a fire to burn them up then there's a bunch on the rug in the living room so they spray that with fire extinguishers and elias is like curling it up elias sends beth to go get the other fire extinguisher but on the way she notices there's a like buttload of roaches in the bathroom I'm guessing the ideas are coming up through the pipes or something. And then Elias comes in. And he tries to shut the door. There's like a bathroom rug caught in it. And he tries to like push the bathroom rug with his hand. And it keeps like getting roaches on it and they're biting him. And he tries to, he decides to make the dumbest self-sacrifice in the history of film. Okay. I'm glad which you agree with is, Which is that he just opens the door, goes in, pulls the rug in with his foot and then shuts the door with him inside of it. <laughs> like why didn't you just open the door the rest of the way and kick it in and then just deal with the straggler roaches nah who cares he's gonna sacrifice himself and he's gone without me yeah, he's like he's like save yourself and like shuts the door it's like what a moron uh so yeah there he goes he's dead um uh beth runs upstairs to i what i, I earlier identified as and continue to believe is her mother's room uh but she sees she looks down and sees the door has plenty of room for roaches to come through uh, back in the lighthouse, another cross cut. Uh, Richard and Homer are waiting for Dr. Hubbard to flip the circuit breaker. While waiting, they hear glass break and Dr. Hubbard screams. They go downstairs and find her, but she shushes them because she's looking at something. And we hear the distorted meowing of a cat. But how can mm. that be, Shane? The cat was eaten by roaches. Well, the movie's never going to give us an adequate explanation for this. 
Um, no. And it sucks that it took this long for that to happen. Yeah. Well, they're just learning. The roaches? Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. So then we get we get the funniest shit of all time, which is a, a cat puppet being tossed across the room while the actors have yeah. to react. <laughs> it's like so obviously just being thrown. It's like, and then it's yeah. like, like looking around like and you see it like in the background just flying across the room to toss. I'm like, oh, geez. Oh, this was yeah. That's probably my favorite scene. And then we then we finally see the cat, the roach cat puppet, and all its glory, sitting on the desk. Basically, just a really fake looking bloody flesh cat with uh, antennae and mandibles to give it the roach appearance. Yeah, Doctor Hubbard, dude, is uh, if she were a dude, she'd be six to midnight. Man, she is in love with this thing. Right. <laughs> The sheriff sends Homer to go upstairs to get his gun. Uh, but then when Homer goes to make a run for it, the cat pounces on Richard and he says, like, go into town on his face. And then he's like, ask, like, say, Dr. Hubbard, like, Hubbard, do something, dude. And Hubbard waits like a calendar year to finally spray the cat with the fire extinguisher. Because, again, she's a monster. She's loved seeing this thing in action. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think like she's probably if she was trying to make a move for this dude, I think she might have lost her chance. Unless she's counting on Beth being dead so she can, like, comfort him later. Yeah, it's gaslighting. Yeah. <laughs> like, seriously gaslighting. Uh, Homer, yeah. on the way down, uh, tries to do a maneuver that I don't understand, which is he, instead of going down the stairs and giving, like, the gun to Richard, he, like, tries to get the drop on the cat by climbing up on a shelf that's next to, like, the stairs. <laughs> And of course, being the doofus he is, he knocks it over and falls full weight on top of the cat roach, just smashing it. And Dr. Hubbard is pissed. I'm like, why did he, why did you climb up there? Just walk down the stairs and hand him the gun. Like, I don't understand his like Ezio Auditore move he was doing there. Like he's one of the assassin order from Assassin's Creed. Like what was his plan? Um, yeah. So anyways, Dr. Hubbard's pissed at him. Um, Back to Beth. She's hiding in a closet, hearing the sound of Roach approach outside the room. But she has like uh, what assorted blankets and towels stuffed into the door. So, you know, they aren't able to come in. Uh, Suddenly something drops on her and it's like, oh, is it Roach? No, it's a brooch. (laughs) Different thing. Um, (laughs) I don't know. It's some kind of little. That was good. Yeah, it's some kind of little brooch that. She cries, so I assume it belonged to her mother, and it like meant something. Like, uh, it dropped on me, so my mother's watching out for me, or some other. Hey, guess guess who it meant nothing to us because they didn't tie their, her mother into the story at all. Not really, definitely not enough to notice that as something that belonged to her mom. I just assumed it did because I doubt her dad would have like a right. little brooch with like a face on it. Oh man, so many cross cuttings at this part. I can't wait till we get the group back together. Um, Doctor Hubbard is cleaning Richard's wounds. And he notices that she shows no emotion. And he says, uh, you could, I could be dying. You wouldn't show any sign. And she says, maybe we can test that theory. I'm like, I can't tell if she's flirting with him or not. If I were in that situation, I think she's flirting with me. <laughs> it's not clear. I think she thinks she's flirting. <laughs> she's doing her best, dude. But she's also upset because yeah. her cat died. <laughs> True. The cat that, she did kill the cat. The cat originally. she sentenced to death was killed by Homer. Uh, upstairs, however, Homer is able to get the lighthouse working. Yay! Homer MVP. 
But then we get back to the mayor's house and Beth emerges from the closet because she doesn't hear the sound of roach approach any longer. So, uh, the roaches must have given up. She walks to the house and, uh, when she gets downstairs, which I believe is where her father's office is, she hears Richard on the radio calling for her. Um, you know, talking to Richard, she explains, my dad's dead. I'm safe now. Roaches are gone for some reason. However, behind her, the door opens and her father's walking into the room, Shane. Her Yeah, but like Richard asked her like seven times if she's okay. Hey, he just wants to make sure. It's like, are you sure? And she's like, yeah. I'm good. Like, are you sure? I'm good other than yeah. being an orphan now. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so she doesn't notice that her dad has walked in and is like acting as zombified as you can. Uh, he has like grayed out eyes and has a weird grimace and his hands out to his sides. Like he's full on zombie mode. But when she turns around and sees him, she's like, Oh father. And then like runs up to like hug him. Like, I don't know. It's like these people have never seen movies before. Yeah. really. But then when she hugs him, like we get a cut to his back, which is covered in blood. And then when she pulls her, her hands away, they're covered in blood. And then she notices, Oh, my dad's dead. And he's a monster now. And just as she comes to that realization, his body starts to split apart, revealing like what, like a segmented thorax where his torso was and like long, gruesome arms growing out of his like arms and stuff like that. Like mandibles just shoot out of his mouth. This is a pretty gnarly scene. I liked it. Um, so you want me to do this now or you want me to do it later? Do. Oh, 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 oh. I know what you want to say. Okay. Well, you say it. Good. You want to say that. If this is what happens when you're killed by the roaches, why isn't the entire town of 700 people a group of yes. rampaging roach zombies? <laughs> yes. <laughs> why? I don't think they thought that about that, really. I don't think they had the budget. I mean, I, I'm certain they didn't have the budget for it. Because then they're like, how do we rectify this? Oh, we'll just make like the roaches collected a lot of bodies and made a weird thing later. Well, the See, other thing like, is like... I thought you were going to bring up the time to turn into that because the cat takes well, that, like two days. Jake, right. who was killed the same day as the cat, hadn't turned, but her I dad turns later that day. And you saw that bathroom, though. <laughs> that was lousy with roaches. Yeah, they probably just got in there and like turned him into a mech. <laughs> it's a mech. Yeah, he's like a roach mech. It's like he's he's the new Power Ranger. <laughs> He's Megazord. He's the Megazord. Maybe they chose yeah. him because he's mayor. Maybe they choose their hosts carefully. <laughs> like maybe the cat oh. was like their test of this theory. And then they're like, right. and then we'll get the mayor and that's all we need. Yeah. Cause the dog didn't happen. Didn't happen to the dog. All, all the humans. Didn't happen to Jake. It's like, Oh, what is a guy who runs a junkyard? Not good enough for you roaches. So yeah, I'm going to say yeah, I, if I it's anybody, it maybe it was like they did. They chose the mayor on purpose because it's definitely intelligence to the queen. And the rest of them follow the orders of the queen. So if I have to come up with an explanation that isn't, uh, they either didn't know or didn't have the budget, then it's that they chose the mayor specifically. How do you feel about that explanation? Does that work for you? I mean, sure. It's just like, <laughs> there's a lot of decisions that they made in this movie that, yeah, anyways, we'll get there. Sure. Um, yeah, but like, uh, luckily, uh, zombie roach hybrid dad is very slow which gives Richard or Elizabeth plenty of time to load a shotgun and start just blasting. And she just starts shooting bits off of them like every which way. Yeah. She finally gets one at like the center of like the thorax there mm -hmm. and just like blasts his entire top off. 
just as Richard arrives. It's like, hey, way to be a heroic boyfriend, dude. Let your girlfriend have to shoot up the undead roach version of her dad. Um, so I mean that tracks though for him. Yeah, he's he's a doofus. But yeah, but as they prepare to depart, uh, the lighthouse beam suddenly turns off because the internal internal clock thing switched to sunrise. Now, was that automatic or is that done by the roaches? I don't know. I, I think the roaches did it. I think they ate the lines. Yeah, I think the roaches did it again because it seems more complicated than that when when Homer gets there to fix it. So Richard wants to send Homer and Beth to fix it. But Dr. Hubbard's like, no, no, no. Uh, Beth knows where in the cave is because she's seen the nest. Title drop. Um, but then uh, we have a funny moment where like Homer's in the car and he's just sitting there and he's like, uh, chief, I don't know how to drive a car. So when Richard goes to talk to Homer about how to drive cars, Dr. Hubbard takes the opportunity to just like start driving away in his SUV. <laughs> and Homer's like, women, huh? And then we cut to the SUV and Dr. Hubbard's like, men. He's like, ah, I get it. Men and women are different. That's the height of comedy. Um, yeah, so Richard and Homer are driving, uh, but suddenly what they're roaches trying to get into the car. Uh, and they're like, we're fine as long as they can't get in here. But then they notice one of the back windows won't roll up. Like the power windows are broken. It's like, ah, the only time you'd wish you had like hand cranked windows, my dude. Um, so Homer has to start deploying the fire extinguisher inside the car, which also, by the way, it seems like he's deploying it in front of him. Like they're coming in through the air conditioning, which is confusing because it seemed like the window was the only way for them to get in. But I won't question it too much. Yeah, I wouldn't. <laughs> uh, Dr. Hubbard and, and Beth arrive at the caves. They carry uh, a bunch of explosives uh, into the area of the caves where the flesh sacks were hanging earlier. But the flesh sacks are not there anymore. Uh, something growls in the distance, which attracts Dr. Hubbard's uh, scientific attention. So she wanders off just as Beth is telling her, hey, we can just blow the caves up from here. We don't have to go to where the eggs are. It's like, well, you can't make that much sense around Dr. Hubbard, dude. She's already gone in the car and out of extinguisher juice. Uh, Homer and Richard are fighting the roaches manually. By that, I mean smashing them with their hands. Um, whenever uh, Homer goes to like poke one of the roaches at the tape deck, he pushes in the tape, which is uh, what? Barber of Seville? Yeah. <laughs> it's like such a weird. Oh, my God. And then they also did that stupid like when they first ran into each other at the beginning of the movie where he got out of the car, went to the back and then that guy got out and go to the, went to the front. Oh yeah. Yeah. These, these two are it's the like, slapstick comedy duo. It's like the, the three fucking stooges. I'm like, come <laughs> on guys. It's not that kind of movie. Well, it isn't sure if it wants to be that kind of movie or not, but bad news. Uh, their vehicle is running out of fuel. What are they going to do? Oh, the roaches cease their attack and collectively begin to move in a direction. And then Homer explains, ah, so it is a queen sending out signals. And I was like, wait a second. Like, I thought you already established that it was a queen. You're acting like this is just now a revelation. Um, and then he like tries to explain it to Richard where, um, and he explains it in terms of the union collective unconscious, but that's not mm -hmm. what that is. Like it's been a while since I've been in like grad school and then sort of the collective unconscious is, but it's definitely not like a, uh, signal sent by a queen bug is it am i wrong dude i don't know i don't know. i i I, de I definitely didn't think it was like a bug signal but man hey maybe i'm hey, wrong. i'll tell you i'll tell you this i don't i don't know if that's wrong but i definitely know this movie isn't right <laughs> so 
Uh, and yeah, and anyways, during his whole speech about like how this is like a Jungian collective uh, unconscious that explains to you like what's right and what's wrong and what's good and what's evil and all this stuff, it's like that's not how that works. That's not how any of this works. There's a lot of people that do not have that collectively uh, put in their brain. Um, but Richard shoots the tape deck to stop the opera music. It's like, but wouldn't when the car ran out of gas, it stop? Like, I don't understand why it didn't. But anyways, uh, but you know, in the Simpsons, when Homer gets the gun, uh, you ever seen that I haven't really, where Homer I haven't gets really a, wa- he gets a pistol. I haven't really watched much of the Simpsons. So no. Okay. So, so one of their skits, Homer gets a gun and he does everything with it. He opens his beers with it. He's turning the lights on and off in his house by shooting the light switches and stuff. And this scene reminded me of that, where he just shoots the radio. It's like, dude, you could have just hit eject. Richard, Richard's just tired of uh, not yeah. being able to use his gun this whole movie. It's like, I guess I, I, I better agree. be able to shoot something. God damn it. Yeah. So a bunch of cross cutting here. So it's going to be a little bit crazy. So give me one second to read through the notes really fast to make sure I can get the cadence right. And here we go. Um, so Beth sets the charges for five minutes. Richard leaves Homer at the lighthouse to get it turned on. Richard finds the boat that Jake had left behind earlier, so obviously Jake didn't return it. I guess he deserves to get eaten, uh, so presumably he's going to use that to get to the caves. Dr. Hubbard is walking through like some purple ambient lighting to try to fi- and finds the fleshy egg sacs. Uh, Dr. Hubbard, trying to get some samples from the fleshy egg sacs, does not notice the Dark Souls boss that has appeared next to her. Okay, here we are. We're, we're caught up on that cross-cutting. How would you describe this thing? <laughs> this thing that i guess is the queen shane uh um i call it a dark souls boss because it looks like a dark souls boss it looks like from software design this thing it's definitely easier to avoid like than a dark souls boss foreheads it's definitely got four heads and what would you say that they're all like skulls or would you say they're in various states of uh decomposition I, I think the cockroaches discovered a halloween store and grabbed a bunch of masks that's what they look like to me. Well, some of them look like skeleton heads. Some of them look like fleshy heads. Yeah. Some of them look like half-eaten flesh heads. Yeah. How many arms would you know. would you describe it as having? At least 12. Several. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> How about rib cages? What's the number? Oh. Do you give me an over-under on rib cages? Five. Uh, I counted eight. but Whole cages? Yeah, entire cages. Because they go around the back, too. You're not doing rib to rib? No, I'm not doing rib to rib. I'm doing all around. Because they go around Ooh. the back. Damn. Dag you. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. The Dark Souls boss it's approaching. Actually, you know what this looked like? Hmm? Uh, the uh, necromorphs in uh, Dead Space. I've never played Dead Space. Oh, my God. They do have the uh, the remake on, um, on Game Pass. I was thinking about downloading it, but I'm worried it'll be too spooky. <laughs> Oh, you know how buddy, I am that's about a day, that's a that's a daytime game for you. You know how I am about you better invite games. friends over. <laughs> you know how I am about spooky games. I got actually yeah, scared by sh- playing the opening of Resident Evil Four remake, and Jared was like watching me stream it. <laughs> so, like, I had, yeah, I needed support for that. Do you remember when I did I ever bring it up on the podcast before how I quit playing Resident Evil Two remake because it was too dark in that one area, even though I paid money for the unlimited ammo guns. <laughs> like I could have killed anything, but <laughs> I was too dark and I was too scared. I'm like, nah, I don't need this in my nah, life. Nah, that ain't me. <laughs> Eventually, I'll get back to it. All right. Um, I don't know. Horror movies and horror games is so different to me. Yeah, back to uh, Hubbard, who doesn't notice that she's being snuck up upon by the sneakiest of Dark Soul bosses. Um, 
But uh, Beth arrives uh, just as the monster uh, manages to grab Hubbard and is like grabbing at her and she's like screaming and it just yanks her arm the hell off. off. Look. Yeah, off. I did not see that coming. That thing's just like, I didn't bye. <laughs> it's like, it's ripped it off. And she's not even like in some movies, they'd be like, okay, now she's dead. No, no, no. They're going to leave us with a screaming arm, like Hubbard with an arm, like bursting with blood, like where an arm once was. Yep. She's screaming. Then what does it do? Like Richard, uh, what he arrives uh, through the small cave opening from earlier uh, and like is going through that little cave opening to get to Beth. And luckily um, she's able to get to him because the queen, I guess I'm guessing it's the queen is distracted as it picks up Dr. Hubbard and uh, moves her head into mandible range in order to use its little jaws to chop her head in half in what be might be the fakest looking cross cut I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, oh man, like those, like you guys have like the special effects people on this have done other things. They could do better than that. That was dreadful. Like the arm looked rad, but the head looks kind of silly. It, it was weird. They're, they made a lot of weird choices. Yeah. Like the arm looked I mean, rad and like that, it, that it ripped her arm the whole way off and just kind of like, was giving her some time to like think about what she's done while it moved her head into mandible range. That was gnarly. Yeah. If they would have just cut away, maybe it would have been better, but they tried to show it and it just didn't work out. Um, yeah. what do we got here? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. So, uh, Beth and Richard go through the, the hole and get out just in the nick of time as the explosives go off, uh, killing the egg sacks. Also the queen monster, the dark soul creature. Although I will say that they, had just gone into the hole when that happened. So I feel like they still would have been caught up in the flames, but Hey, like I said, I'm not cinema sins. I'm not here to point out obvious issues. Uh, Homer manages to get the light on just as the helicopter is arriving and they stop the spraying. So we're safe. Then we get what a final, a final scene where the camera, Oh yeah. Where, uh, you know, Beth and Richard embrace in the dawn, uh, as the helicopter departs, everything's safe, right? No, zoom in on Beth's shoe. There's a roach there. The nightmare isn't over. The nightmare persists. Yeah. And actually, so I actually put in my notes a, a question that I had. It's like your question. Like, why aren't all the townspeople just zombie bug people? Uh, why didn't they just spray? The explosion killed the queen and the eggs. So now they just need to kill the living ones and it's over. There are no more eggs, presumably. The eggs are all. Because there had to be another one. Maybe. They never made another one. I know what I'm saying. Like they had to set themselves up. Okay. But anyways, then we get the closing credits to the song. Bug, bug, you bug me. Yeah. So a little on the nose, which is a little. right where we want bugs to be. Yeah. So there you go. The nest. The sp- boy. Spookiest movie on six legs, ladies and gentlemen. So now we get into the McMurder of the movie and I had a question. Do we count? Is it just humans that we count? Well, there's nothing in the rule book that says it has to be just humans. Okay. Cause I don't think we're going to have the same one. Probably not. Probably not. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Um, or do you want to do the countdown again? I mean, the countdown only works if you believe we're going to have the same one and we know we're not going to have the same one this time. So yeah. Uh, okay. I'll just say mine. Right. Jake. Really? Yeah. Huh. 
I thought the way they did the effects of him, like when he's under his blanket, like getting like getting mauled, getting mauled up. Yeah, he's pretty gnarly looking. I mean, granted, the I... the hand that fell off is a little too cleanly cut. Yeah, and then it crawls away. I mean, it just kind of moves. It doesn't crawl away, yeah. <laughs> but. Well, they're crawl. They're t- the bugs are carrying it. Away. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's that part. I forgot about that. Um, man, mine was the cat. Um, the zombie cat and the wait, in the, the zombie cat in the lab. It, yeah, that doesn't. Frodo. That can't count. That's a. I know. That's a villain. If you're gonna count that's the I mean, cat though. originally dying, that's what I was gonna say. If you're gonna say like no, the cat or the dog, because those are both no. like really sad. No, no, no. But the zombie cat um, is getting smashed by a bookcase by dipshit. Homer. Yeah, like th- like that would be my choice if I could pick anything. I, I get what you're saying. Uh, probably mine's going to be Dr. Hubbard getting the arm ripped off. Yeah, I'm actually inclined to agree. But the with head you. sucked. The head looked stupid, but the lead up to it, basically like the arm rip was dope. That thing looked mad. It was very dope. And then like the the lead up to the mandibles to the head was sick. It was just the execution was bad, but yeah. like the amount of time it took to get that head up into them little bug jaws. Yeah, that was great. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I will give, I will give you and also me Dr. Hubbard's death. Cause, and also she had it coming, dude. She sacrificed a cat to get these roaches. She's a monster. Like I'm glad Twice. she's dead. Well, the second time she wanted the cat to live because it was part roach. And then Homer's Man, that cat, Homer that, smashed that it. That cat death scene was crazy. When it got smashed by Homer on the bookcase. Yeah, he said that line about works for, uh, what do you say? Uh, I can't remember. It's like works. I, I don't know. I'll make it one of the songs. Oh, yeah. He says he says something like uh, works for people, bugs, and or something. I can't remember what he says. I don't know. Some weird about how you can squish them. Yeah, he's like, it works every time or something like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah, know what he says, know. but yeah, you're right. He does say that. That's... Yeah, it was like a Sex Panther moment. It was. It was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, right. I didn't put that in my notes. I should have put that line in my notes. But yeah, no, that was good. But by that point, the cat's a villain because it's been come, become for, a f- hybrid bug. For sure. Yeah. So. For sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, McMurder of the movie, so, Dr. Hubbard. Couldn't it happen to a nicer lady? Well, speaking of Dr. Hubbard... Is it time for the judgment categories? A book too big, huh? Anyways, as people who listen to this know, the judgment categories are where we will give a letter grade to uh, five categories, and they are story, which includes writing, acting, effects, music, which can include sound, and then finally, cult factor, which is the little X factor that makes these movies so special. So for story and writing, do you want me to go first? Yeah, I'm curious. We'll see how this, you'll set the pace here. Uh, the problem is I've seen a lot of this before and I'll, I'll, I'll see it again. <laughs> like it's been like, 
it's very much like one of those like oh small seaside town like a jaws but like with this other stuff going on and and a shadowy corporation and a creature that kills so it isn't the creator of that idea and it doesn't execute it particularly well and the most interesting parts i think are kind of accidental so i'm probably gonna have to go b for a story in writing b yeah Holy shit. What were you going to give? C. I could be convinced to see. So my only, my major complaint about this movie is the pacing. Because the last 35 minutes of this movie are actually good. Like I think they're interesting and fun and shit's happening. The first half, the first part of the movie, like it's what, an hour and 40 minutes. So basically an hour and 10 minutes of this movie didn't really even need to happen the way it did. I think it's like an hour and 27 minutes, dude. Whatever. But you get you get the point I'm making. Like, it's like, you know, they could have easily just like, hey, like all these scenes of them driving and going places and doing stuff. It didn't really develop anything like um, I'm getting to know, know the town and the people and how they interact. I, yeah, yeah, that's no, but but like, <laughs> but what do they do with it? Nothing. They all die, but they don't turn into fucking zombie bug. People, how would that help? Which, which we which we know happens. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, that's one of the things I actually kind of respected about it was like it, the slow burn Ugh. of it, where we get to know the town and the personalities and the vibe. There was no, there was no exposition on Intech. There was no exposition on what kind of experiments they were doing. It was just we're trying to get rid of a pest, a billion-year-old pest or whatever. Well, I think the exposition I is that it was what's her name doing it. It was Doctor. Uh, uh, what's her name? I forgot now that she's dead. Hubbard. Dr. Hubbard. It was Dr. Hubbard doing it. So like those are the kinds of experiments they're doing, illegal ones. Yeah, I just for me, I guess if the back half of this movie wasn't so good, I think I it wouldn't have been as bad. But like See, I'm kind of like just, the opposite though. Like I actually like two different appreciated movies. the the slower burn where we get to know the community and like this like roach menace that's showing up. Now granted, why the roaches in the beginning weren't biting and hurting people? They were just yes. showed up. But I that's another problem. I was wondering if those were the regular roaches trying to flee the other ones, like trying to get away from them. So they're going to the places where they weren't allowed to go before, which is human houses, because they're just trying to get away from the ones that were killing them. And that kind of precipitated in the ones that were killing them, killing other things. Yeah, maybe. But I don't know. I just felt like they could have done a lot more. I also don't like the little bugs. I think they should have went with bigger bugs. I agree with the the bugs. I think or or interspersed bugs. of bigger bugs like mutated. Yeah, but I feel like the the fault of the those goes in effects less than it goes in story. But I, you know what? If you want to do C, no, I'll, I'll do C because no, I'll give I can give you the B. I just I well think because that, one of the things when you brought up pacing, it actually reminded me that I don't like the tone because I think sometimes it wants to be silly true. and fun, yeah, and sometimes true. it gives me like a. Burned lover of a dipshit sheriff dead in a freezer. And I'm like, what was that? Like, right. <laughs> so. Exactly. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Like there, there's like, there's things that they could have stretched out that would have been more meaningful, but they just glossed over it. Like, I, I just felt like there was a lot of problems. I'll, yeah. I'll go see. You, you've convinced me. All right. Thank you. What about acting? Um, now this one I thought was, I actually liked the acting. I didn't think there were any, glaring issues i'd go b or a um you know 
of what was there was wasn't bad. The only person I didn't like was Richard, but maybe that was because he was supposed to be not liked. I don't know. Well, he's the main character. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes they make like you know, like Mark. Mark's a fucking yeah. Mark's a dipshit. But no, I, right? I. But but he wasn't written to be a dipshit. Yeah, like the performances that I put like when I think like the better performances in this one, like number one, Doctor Hubbard. Like she yeah, killed sure. it, dude. Like yeah. just so with a glance, you could kind of see what she was trying to communicate. Like I thought she was so good. Mm-hmm. Um really liked uh Homer. I thought Homer was really fun yep. and kind of a doofus kind of Jake. Yeah. Jake was cute for as long as we got him. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I think that really the only weak link I have is kind of like Richard, but specifically Richard anytime he shares a scene with Elizabeth. Because I think the chemistry those mm. two had was negative. Like, I feel like I True. lost charisma when I would, they'd be in a scene together. Like, I could feel myself right. getting drained of points. Like, I need a long rest to get my points back. Yeah, and even, like, Lillian, with what little she's in the movie, like, when she felt, when like, he, she saw, like, them in the car, like, and she was sad. Like, you felt that. Like, I was like, okay, that yeah, this is actually That, and good. she had way more chemistry with, the, with Richard than, 100%. than Elizabeth did. That was ridiculous. Yeah. So, and then her her monologue where she kind of steps up and tells Elizabeth basically to fuck off. Yeah, was good. Yeah, it's just I liked it. I I I, I really like the performances. Like, if Richard wasn't there, I would say definitely A. But I think the others that are there because, for better or worse, you'd never get anything of Richard without other people to lean on, and most of his scenes are not with Elizabeth. So I, I think I'm okay to give it an A. Yeah, for sure. And I, just, I think everyone else I, kind of brought it up. I love Dr. Hubbard. Like, that performance was incredible. Yeah. Like, what an she did unlikable, terrible person, but, like, layered, mm-hmm. unexpected. Yep. Next up is effects. Man, I feel bad. Okay, so I was coming in here with a lot. I'm like, man, I had so many positives. And then you told me about these are just, they reused the explosions. Oh, yeah, those two explosions. <laughs> pisses me off. So I don't know. Well, not I, the explosion of the cave though. That one was was new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I was coming in at a B. Um, I I'm getting like real big C vibes because some of the stuff they did was really cool, and some of the stuff they did was absolutely atrocious. And it's not like there weren't other examples of cool things they could have done that other people did. Like you know what I mean? Like this wasn't like a 1979, 1980. It's the first of its kind kind of thing, like you were kind of bringing up. I thought that the for what they did with the cockroaches was cool. I, I liked like the house. I so I'm mad that I another thing I didn't see the cockroaches a lot, which sometimes is good when you don't see the villain or the monster. But eventually, you have to have that payoff, right? And when the payoff is just a close up of like a handful of roaches, it like. You know what I mean? Like, doesn't really do it justice. But, like, the house scene was crazy how many cockroaches they had in there. Um, yeah. And uh, if I can, like, piggyback off of that, number one yeah, sure. is a lot of those scenes where you see roaches is roaches. Yeah, right. And they actually, like, the stage where they filmed this, because they filmed this, the roach stuff in a studio, was infested with roaches for years afterwards. <laughs> I like, believe it. They did a bad job of wrangling those roaches. How could you? I mean, they just let them loose. And, and you know, but is that really effects? I, I don't know. Um, That'd be effective on me. 
Yeah, right. But I, what? I, and then, like, it seems like you're kind of going to the negative, but I want to do a couple of positive things. The arm rip we discussed. I thought that was, was great. amazing. That looked sick. The head thing, not as good. But luckily, it was faster, so it didn't have enough time to dwell on it. Um, the Dark Souls queen monster thing. I thought it was an awesome. That was pretty rad. When I saw yeah. that thing, like, it was right. slow and stuff, probably because it was, like, a practical thing. But, like, I just thought that thing was rad. It's just like, hey, this is what our queen is. It's just, like, eight skulls and, like, 13 ribs and like they're like um like like however many arms as many arms as we can fit on it like it was so funny and they set that up earlier too because when she goes in the cave she finds all those bones laying around so like they, they are setting it up like they I, yeah I, i'm just mad about that if you would have told me about the fire like with the explosion scenes i probably wouldn't have even i would it would have been b for me pretty solid um and i'll still go b i just want to get my gripe out that like you could have blown up one of them and just reused it. I, that's more forgiving to me than taking footage from another movie. Well, my la- well, that's a lot of times a budgetary thing though. But um, but my last push for B is actually um the transformation of the mayor into yeah. the mayor zombie bug dude. Like that True. was unexpectedly effective. Like yep. when it started out, I was like, oh, he's just going to have like a little bug thorax and like little jaws. Then his arms and legs start stretching. I'm like, oh, damn, he's up to something here. So I, I thought that was pretty cool. And then she starts shooting Bart parts of him off until she mm-hmm. kills him. <laughs> like that was so I want to I want to make a play for B. If that's what's on the table is B or C. I'm going to make a play for B for that, because I think that that thing and then the Dark Souls boss queen and then the arm rip. And then I like the Jake death. I like that a lot. So I think between those things, I think we can squeeze a B out of it. Yeah, I agree. I just want to get my gripes in. Yeah, gripe them up. Next. Music and sound. I'm just going to get one grape out of the way. The Roach Approach sound did not sound like Roach Approach. It sounded like electricity sparking or like some kind of grinding. I don't even know how you describe that. It did not sound like Roach Approach. Well, the closed captions called it uh, bug noises or like buzz or bug. They called it buzzing. Yeah, there you go. Like, that's not buzzing. That's not buzzing. But yeah. So yeah, the roach approach sound did not care for it. The music, I was fine with it. I I thought it was better during the the lighter moments. Yep. Yeah, Um, for sure. I don't think it did a great job of ratcheting up tension. But then when I thought about it, it's like, how many times was there an opportunity to ratchet up tension other than like the cave at the end? Really? Um, that's what I'm telling you. Like this movie had a lot of weird choices on when they chose to do things and why. I, I don't know. I uh, I don't know. I'd say C, pretty average, I guess. Yeah, I'm comfortable with C. Yep. So we gave what C for the the story and writing. Do we give an A for acting or a B? A. A. We gave an A for acting because they were good. Mm-hmm. As a B for effects, a C for the music. Yep. Now cult factor. <laughs> um, I can't give go? it. I can't give it a clear answer because I watched this movie. I rented this movie on VHS, dude, back when I was a kid. <laughs> so I can't give it a clear, a clear thing. I love it. It's a seaside town a... with creatures. Yeah, like it's for me. Like, yeah. okay, here's the thing. It looks stupid. It sounds stupid. It's mostly stupid, but it's a hundred. It's a yeah. It's a it's like a, an hour and twenty seven minutes. So it's a tight eighty seven minutes of roach roaches making noises and sometimes killing people, mostly off screen. 
So it's an A for me for Cult Factor. It always is. It always is. It's always an A for me. And so. the ending was good too. I liked it where it zoomed in on the bug menacingly. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> but it was just a roach. It's like, yeah. oh shit, it's a roach. I wish it was just rubbing its hands together. I know, <laughs> I, could, I know they couldn't make the roach do that. But put a gleam in his eye. <laughs> yeah, that would have been that would have been awesome. But yeah, yeah, that would have yeah. been cool. But okay, so we're gonna do the A for cult factor, despite yeah, how for, shitty for the rest sure. of the movie is. Well, it's not shitty. It just wasn't like. I felt like they could have done so much with this stuff. Like, and then I, you know, it would have been cooler if they would have had like five bigger bugs. Yeah. Some big bugs would have been cool. Yeah. Or if they'd done more with the dark souls boss, like I, I <laughs> wish the zombie people. Yeah. Yeah. We only got the glimpses of greatness, but the right. glimpses that they give us are introduced in a way that make them awesome, which is why we want more right. of them. Like For watching sure. the dad roll in there, like zombified or like watching the dark souls boss, like, coming up to the lady as she's trying to scrape like you know a bunch of stuff off of those like flesh nuts hanging on the wall like it was cool so yeah yeah all right yay i got the a for call factor everybody <laughs> but shame but what? yes we're not done here we're not no we have our last Whoa. category that final hat on a hat that we don't need but we do it anyway because it's our podcast and no one can tell us not to do it it's the D rule. It's a tet It's a head-to-head? I don't know. Well, uh, as fans <laughs> as fans may note, the D-roll is where we put that last little category in, which is cult classic, B-movie, grindhouse, or trash. Um, I think this is a cult classic. Really? Yeah, because, like, again, I don't think it's a B-movie because, I, I don't know, like, it delivers on a lot of stuff, right? And then what it does deliver on is fantastic. So like it, like almost like most of my criticisms are because they did other stuff so well, right? Like it would almost been better for them if they just would have kept it even kill the whole time. Yeah. If they hadn't shown us some glimpses of greatness, it probably would have been right. difficult, but I still think, and also though, we watched these movies three, two or three times before we even record. Right. For sure. And yeah, we're nitpicking. Yeah. But I was fully prepared to give it the B movie. I was gonna like begrudgingly really? accept it. I, yeah, I don't think it's a B movie. I mean, like, a, to, like to me, like there is a lot going on here, and they did put there, like, you know, I don't know. I that this is what gets kind of weird about like putting them in a, in a box in a category. But I don't think it's a B movie. I just think you have to go into it and expect it to be more of a human movie than a bug movie. Like a lot of these movies, it's like, oh, it's a creature feature, so I got to get ready for bug movies. Like, eh. Focus more on the personalities that you're dealing with than the critters. Like focus well, and, more on the fact that this doctor is an absolute menace, like that, that kind of thing. And it suffers from what happened with chopping mall as well. Right. Where it's like, they knocked it out of the park with the box art. And oh it, yeah. Yeah. Like that again, to me, like you set the expectation, I want giant fucking bugs and they like, they just don't have them. It's okay. Yeah. I'll that's watch, eight, I'll the, watch the, eight legged freaks and be fine. I know. Well, you better every single day. 
every day. <laughs> the, but yeah, no, that's the thing is like whenever I first watched this when I was in high school, I think, because mm-hmm. I think I watched it for the first time in high school because that was the era where I was old enough to rent the movies that were like rated R. And I, they also, they tell, they say this on the uh, podcast before where like this uh, video store in my, in Titusville had like um, a deal where you get a free general release, like VHS rental for every like a you had on your report card. That's amazing. So me and like my buddies would just go in and just like rent a ton of movies and just spend a weekend just watching all these like schlocky horror, like VHSs that we like could never rent when we were kids and stuff. You guys put that store out of business. <laughs> well, no one was renting those movies anyway. So, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't even think they had a thing where you had to rent a new release alongside it. You just do that. Like we usually did too. rent one anyway, just to like balance right. the scales a little bit, but right. But yeah. So yeah, when I first watched it though, I was very disappointed. And then like when I've watched it since though, I've warmed up to it a lot more, which is why I'm cult classic territory. So that's why I want to temper expectations. Don't expect a giant bug. And I think right. we've made it clear that there isn't one. <laughs> so, there is no giant bugs. Well, that was, well, well, there, there's no giant cockroaches. There's a yeah. There is a giant Dark Souls boss. Yeah, there's a couple giant things, but not, not giant cockroach bugs. Not wholly anyway. So, yeah. so just keep that in mind. And then beyond that, yeah, cult classic. You heard it here first, folks. The nest, not the they nest. nest. Not they nest. Well, we did it. We did it. We got through the bugs. Yeah, we, we beat we beat Joe Rogan's uh, Uncle uh, Touchy Puzzles basement. So. Is that a thing? I don't know. He was on Fear Factor. That's why I brought it up. I thought the Uncle Touchy's puzzle basement was like a joke that Patton Oswalt made. It was, but it, I was just saying because Joe Rogan, I was just trying to not talk about Fear Factor, but <laughs> I, I brought it up anyway. So Perfect. Point. Well, well, what do we do now, Shane? What do we do now? <laughs> <laughs> you should we talk about what our next film is? I'm so excited for this. I know you are. I can't say it. Like, literally, I've been trying to practice it and muting as we're getting through these segments. I, you're going to have to, you're going to have to do it. <laughs> what do you I, mean? You in practice? Like, yeah. Cause I can't get the, like the, the way, just say it, do it. <laughs> Slithis? Slithis. Yeah. And I keep like lisping too hard and it keeps fucking it up. And I'm like, uh. You mean Slithis or Spawn of the Slithis? Spawn of the Slithith. Spawn of the Slithith. Yeah. So yeah, Spawn of the Slithis is... Is he? Spawn of the Slithis or Slithis. I think that it's on Tubi, it's just Slithis. Yeah. But if you want to look it up on IMDb to see if you'll like it or not, it's called uh, Spawn of the Slithis there. And it's two firsts for us. One is it's rated PG. Oh, no. But also, this is before the era of PG-13, so you never know right. what you're about to get. You don't. And um, on that note, it is our first movie from the 70s. Oh, no. Slit his. Slit is. So, yeah, Slithis <laughs> having come out in 1978. 1978. Uh the finest of the 20, uh, 20th century, uh, mid 20th century movies. Yes. Yeah. No, this one is kind of hard to find. It is part of the shout factory TV thing. 
but it is not on Pluto TV, even though they have a deal with Shot Factory, as far as I know. I could only find it streaming for free on Tubi. So if you same if you want to watch Slithis or also known as Spawn of the Slithis, then you've or got to or go split to his in Croatia. Or split his. Is that what they actually call it? Does that say that? No. Oh, you jag. Anyways, <laughs> Slithis. Spawn of the Slithis is on Tubi. Why don't you try I, to say it some more? It's shame. The more you say it, the less it sounds like it should be a, like a word. Slithis. What is the yeah. tagline again that you like so much or just part of why we picked it? Uh, hold on, let me look. I found it if you have Oh, it. Hell Hath No Fury like Slithis. That's so fucking good. Hell Hath No Fury like Slithis. <laughs> That's the episode title, guys. So I'm not even, I don't even have to, to do my job for me. It writes itself. It writes itself. And then next we'll do Empire of the Ants. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just excited. Yeah. Like how I was so excited about the fact that John Lansing, is that the actor's name? He's Empire of the Ants. It's like, get this uh, man his Oscar immediately. Get this man his Oscar. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, it was, it was Robert Lansing. Sorry, not John Lansing. Yeah, Robert Lansing right. from Empire of the Ants. Well, I think that'll cover everything. Yeah. Unless we want to talk some more about Slithis. And how we just picked it moments before we began recording. And I spoiled it by saying something about it earlier in the episode, but hopefully no one noticed. I mean, how do you not notice Slithis? <laughs> Slithis just comes out sometimes. Just comes out. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, then we did it. We got an episode out. We did it. Um, I, I think we did all the housekeeping at the top. I don't think we have anything else, but um, just... Thanks everyone for uh, listening, tuning in, sharing the show. Um, it means a lot to us, so thank you. And if you have any criticism, send it to Stefan. He'll he'll deal with that. So. Email me Email. at www.goaway.com/org or sub- subscribe on our website and then submit your complaints there. If you can, who even knows what that does? I mean, you can. No one. I don't know what happens after you do it. At the top Actually, of the show, you said all of our our socials right like yeah, yeah dark side driving on wait wait is it yeah we're, we're dark side driving on everything um except for x i think we're the dark side driving i thought it were the dark side driving on uh on no we're dark side driving on x i right. we're, the, we're, dark, the, we're the dark right. side driving on uh, instagram, instagram and facebook yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, so do us a favor, uh, go to the website, subscribe to it, and let us know what happens. Kind of curious. So <laughs> I'm thinking about doing it just to like see what happens. You do it. I have no idea. I hope something cool. I don't know. But um, yeah. Oh, and I so, finished my Godzilla minus one review, so I'm actually working yeah. on another one Ooh. for uh, a holiday themed movie that I watched that I think I talked about briefly before. Uh, it's a Wonderful Knife. So yes, um, I hope I can get that one out before it leaves Shutter. But I think it's a Shutter original, so it probably won't ever leave Shutter. But I'm still gonna write it. And then we also need to post the and do the old gods review because they're like messaging me asking me for updates. So oh, like, then yeah, we'll the, do that. Yeah, we'll do that. That we'll, done soon. we're gonna do that as like a separate. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Episode, right? Yeah. So yep. Yep. Stay quick, tuned or stay peeled for that. Stay peeled. Whatever. <laughs> it works. All right, All right let's, well, let's get out of here. It's the middle yeah. of the night. Yep. I've been Shane. And I've been cut by.
my life into pieces. I am a Papa Roach. Oh my God. <laughs> no, I'm Stefan though. That's who I am. Yeah. Are you? Well. See, what's funny is I can just get rid of you saying that and just end the episode after you sing that. So. You can, but you won't get the part where I do my spooky noises. Shit. Keep it spooky. Spooky. <laughs> Although I guess you just cut out the part in between, and then I could, I could just, I could you layer. You literally it. could just edit anything out. I'll you just, want I'll to. layer it. You'll, you'll be like, I got my life in the pizzas, and like, ooh, underneath it, it'll be great. Sure, that's how vocal cords work. Yeah, we'll see. Cut my life into pieces. I am a Papa Roach. Perfect. Bye.